Hey, welcome to the Coach Bo Knows Podcast on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bo Knows Show. Check out our Facebook page. Uh, just search for Coach Bo Knows Show. You'll see us there. You can also email us at show at gmail.com. Today is episode 25.5. The 0.5 pod means, of course, we have our wonderful, beautiful co-host, token girl herself, Ellen Wingenter. Ellen, what's going on? Howdy ho. Um, greetings from snow-covered Denver that I know that it's heading your way and you'll see it tomorrow. Yeah, we're recording this Wednesday night, and so it'll be out Friday, but uh, yeah, we, uh, um, we were getting ready for it, so we wanted to record and get it done. Um, one thing, one piece of uh, laundry out there for the show, sorry we were late on Friday. That is totally me on getting released late Friday afternoon. Um, I was just late getting stuff to Tyler, and Tyler's been traveling uh, for the hashtag best week ever, so if you're a listener to the Jones Report, check out hashtag, check out their Twitter. Uh, it's at, at, it's at Tyler Jones Live for Tyler. And they're having their hashtag best week ever as Tyler travels down and does a bunch of podcasts down at Daytona for the big race. So uh, check him out, check everything out. We'll have uh, Tom Bridges on next week. Uh, we'll probably have him on Monday. And uh, he and I are going to talk. We've already kind of preliminarily got some ideas and It'll be kind of a reoccurring, uh, uh, reoccurring guest, and I want to thank everybody for the great feedback from uh, Monday's pod. Uh, Uncle Rico came in and recorded that right after the Super Bowl. It was long. Thank you for dealing with us on the long podcast. And we, you know, Ellen and I usually we get in here for a couple hours sometimes. <laughs> if we go to two hours, we know we're done a long time. But uh, we went to that a couple times. But Ricardo and I could go pretty much all night if we would wanted to. But we made sure we cut it off at two hours. So um, I would just like to say, knowing both of you for as long as I have, that I really enjoyed listening the two of you together. So I look forward to hearing more from Ricardo in yeah. future episodes. Yeah, he's going to jump in with us occasionally during the football offseason, talk about kind of some things that are going on. And I love that. So I call myself a bit of a geek and I'm a geek on certain things. But he is like truly like in, entertainment wise kind of a nerd in that he he really gets into a lot of a broad base of stuff and stuff that I don't really get into. So that's why I had him make some recommendations to me. I'm going to jump on a couple of them and I'm going to have him do some more of that as we go through the football offseason, especially um, if baseball is going to be delayed like this. I, and I will just follow up with my concurrences or disagreements. That sounds good. I like that. <laughs> So what was the one you guys got? Witcher is the one I had to start now. Witcher, yeah, on Netflix with uh, Mr. Cavill, a.k.a. Superman. Yeah. Um, the first season is a little campy. The wigs are really bad. Yeah. But if you like a little bit of magic, a little yeah. bit of fantasy, it's kind of fun. I enjoy that stuff. I would throw randomly in, if you like magic, there was a series that is on shit it's one of the cable networks it's also a series of books it's called the magicians where it's just like 20 year olds who realize that magic is real and there's also a magical realm and that's actually i found that a couple of years ago and it was super fun 
just because it also deals with like interpersonal relationships and kind of the bullshit of relationships between people. Um, but it is also on Netflix. Okay. So the magicians. Yeah. It's a three book series, uh, which was well-written. Okay. Maybe, maybe it's something else I can, these last couple of nights, I have been pretty clueless on what to do. I, as you know, I'm not a huge basketball. I mean, I'm not a huge college basketball fan. Right. During the week kind of throws me off. I have watched a couple of KU games now. I Congratulations. Didn't I didn't watch Monday. I just it wasn't really filling up to it. And then, um, you know, basketball, uh, now that they've had the big trade and the trade deadlines come out, now we know who everybody is. So I'll pay a little closer attention to the NBA coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I am intrigued by the big trade in the NBA. Let's talk about that here in a couple of minutes as well. Yeah. So yeah, the um, uh, Ben Simmons for James Harden trade, because I don't think there were any winners in this. I think there were only losers. But yeah, they just, they just trading through those problems. I, I think that is a really fair assessment, frankly. Yeah. So um, we'll start out. We want to keep it. We're not going to go two hours in the Super Bowl like me and Ricardo did. <laughs> I did see one thing on the Super Bowl since we recorded on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw if we talked about it briefly offline, but um, after the game, I guess it came out Tuesday when the, the all 22 film got hit at NFL films. If you watch the last play of the game, not only was Aaron Donald way off sides, lined up off sides, that, that was out Sunday night, but Chase had a touchdown. It was there. One more second and Burrow hits Chase for a 55-yard touchdown. Chase had just totally left Ramsey in the dust. And it was like, oh, I saw the video and I was like, oh, I mean, any other t- if Donald doesn't make that play, right? He the game. No, and you know, that's interesting. There were some bad calls in that game or yeah. non-calls, as the case may be. Um the thing. So I hadn't seen that until you mentioned it. And I find that interesting. And yes, it's always, if you had just a beat more, you could do X, Y, or Z. Yeah. You hope. Um, the funniest thing that I have seen floating around the old Twitterverse, especially this afternoon, are the snippets of Joe Burrow introducing himself to Rams players during the game. Yeah. Which to me is hilarious and yeah. somewhat endearing yeah. for him to just be like, hey, I'm Joe. Joe. Good to meet you. <laughs> he, that dude's got swag for days. <laughs> if, you don't, if you can't get with Joe Burrow, and I know that like, I am the Joe Burrow stand. I know that. Yes, you are. If you can't get with Joe Burrow. There's not something wrong with him. There's something wrong with him. Okay. I mean, it's just it's plain and simple. It's just, that's just my take on that. What was your take on the game? Uh, you know, the game, it was one of those things that I couldn't decide if I was going to pay more attention to the game or the commercials because I was kind of thinking of some of the prop bets that we were talking about. Oh, I had that list. I did not keep track of those. I was like, ah, I got how, many, how many movies were, how many trailers dropped? Like, where am I in that? Way over. Um. And it was kind of one of those games that you're like, no one really knows the flow of the game, what's going to happen. 
And then everything just kind of turned the tide towards the Rams. And granted, I said, I would love to see Stafford and Donald win one. And they did. And there was some craziness around that with uh, one of the Rams players, his wife going into labor during the game and being told post game that his wife was actually giving birth to their child. And he was like, yo, we got a dip. Um, So I don't know. I mean, I'm, there will always be conspiracy theories, I'm sure, especially with some of this post-game tape review of was there a tilt toward Matthew Stafford? But I don't I know. I thought there was two poor calls. But here's mm-hmm. what I'll say first off. I thought overall the game officiated was really well. I thought it was yes. a well-officiated game. Um, I mean, I, the face mask was the biggest. The face mask was egregious. And yes. the other one I thought was bad was the third down play um, when they called the pass interference on the linebacker, the, the, yeah. the Bengals linebacker against Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Yep. He didn't even touch it. I mean, he still hasn't touched it. Yeah. Um, I thought those were the two bad calls. Now, you could say those kind of even out because the Rams did score and the Bengals scored that play. But if you look at the one on the, the flag or the face mask, the ref's just not in position to see that. No. He's just and, not in position. So, I mean, you can be mad about it all you want. He's not in position. Right. But one with the, the Cooper Cup one, he's in position. He's made a poor call. But I thought the game was really well played because they didn't call a lot of, call, a lot of calls. They could have called a shitload of holding calls in the Bengals' offensive line. Sure. Just trying to stop their defensive line. Um, they, let the, they let the DBs and the wide receivers play for the most part. You know, outside of those two plays, yeah. they were going to play. And yeah. it was physical, and it was a good call. And they were, and they were pretty consistent. So I, I don't think that it was – I don't think it was handed to the Rams. I mean, hell, the Bengals had a chance. Yeah, they, they absolutely back, and They had two timeouts, and the first two plays, they get 25 yards. Yep. And they come up on third and two. Now, the most egregious thing to me in that whole game was that third down play call. Yeah, I thought Zach Taylor did not have a good, good, a good play call throughout the whole game. I thought they didn't, they didn't throw a single screen pass. But that third and two call I didn't like because they went, what we call two by twos. You have two receivers mm-hmm. on each side. The inside guys are it's bunched. They're bunched up closer to the line to the, the formation. Two inside guys are on the line of scrimmage. Now it means your two safeties are going to walk up closer. Yep, they're playing man inside. And then the two outside corners can play leverage. They're outside. You do that because you're trying to run the ball, but you're trying to run the ball and get a second block to get to the second level. Right. What they essentially did was bring in two more defenders. On third and two, you don't need two more defenders in the box. They should have spread that same – they could have gone the same formation. Just spread them out. Right. You would have had a run lane. And yeah. missed these two yards. And the that was something was that – the most important thing. For sure. And that was something that you and Ricardo touched on on Monday. And that so, was to me the worst exact thing that Zach Taylor did. But the fact they didn't throw a single screen pass against a team that led the NFL in allowing screen pass yardage. Yeah. Was horrible. And that would have helped so much against that defensive line. I thought those were the two things. And I'll sit here and indict Zach Taylor on those two things today. And he got a contract extension today. Well, I mean, it is what it is. And to your comments that you guys made on Monday about what they do with the team facilities and, and all that kind of stuff, we'll see how that lands. But most of us in a 10 year age range from like 35 to 45, we were here for halftime. 
And oh, that yeah. halftime show was fantastic. Yeah. So let's, that's where we were going to go. We're going to spend more time on halftime than we are. We did two hours on Monday about the game. So if you want to listen to more about me on the game, back listen to Monday's pod. Me and Absolutely. I'm here for that. Now. Oh my God. It was one, so good. All right. So I have two things about this that uh-huh. I don't say I didn't like, but I, I just, I would have liked it better. I thought it was great. First off. Mm-hmm. I know that Dr. Dre does not own the rights to the original, like the original chronic and the stuff from like the early nineties. Oh, cause that's all on death row records. It's all death row records. He doesn't okay. own any of that. So he couldn't do any of that. The California love is, he does have the rights to Okay. Do that. Not that makes sense. Okay. So like, I'd love to see nothing but a G thing or yes, you know, something you know, um, you know, stuff like that. Like a couple of those early things. Yep. And this is why we have millennials fighting the Gen Xers on Twitter all week. I'm just going to come out and say this, millennials. This is not for y'all. It's we, not we allowed you to have Kendrick Lamar in this because the NFL had to have somebody younger up there. But this is not for y'all. This is for our generation, the, G, the Gen X people. Yes. We just had to go with the newer music from these guys because they don't have the rights to the older stuff. And that, I didn't, I frankly didn't, that did, I didn't clock that at all, the death row stuff. And yeah. that makes total sense. Yeah. Um, but my God, I was surprised to see 50 Cent because that had not been advertised. Yeah. So him and dropping in getting, Spidey he, style. And he's getting just railed on for how he looks. Who? 50 Cent is a big son of a bitch. He has always been a thick, muscular man. It, so he's people are forgetting. Bad, that's not bad looking. He just, no, a big, people big forgot dude. what he looked like when he yes. first came out. Yes. And then when he had that movie that he lost all that weight for and looked, frankly, sickly. And they're like, oh, that's what he looks like now. And I'm like, um, people return to normal when they drop a bunch of weight for a role. Yeah. I mean, it just, no, I mean, he, he looked fine to me. I thought that he caught that, caught that. That was, that, that was nonsense. That was meant for him. That was some bullshit there. So thought he absolutely. And also the folks giving Mary J. Blige, a 50 something year old woman flack for how she looked. She yeah. looked fucking fantastic. She looks fantastic. And look, Here's what I'm here for. I'm here for any woman that's willing to put on that outfit with those thighs. My God. I'm here for it. I'm just straight up here for it. And if you're not, you're a dude that doesn't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. But uh, even Dre, and Dre looked amazing. He's gone through a lot of personal shit over the last couple of years, health-wise and just personal stuff. Yeah. Eminem, I never know. I, I listened to a podcast that they were like, you never know what kind of hair and beard shade he's going to show up with, but yeah. loved him too. Frankly, yeah, it was great. It was, it was amazing. Snoop was smoking out before the show started. There should be no surprise to anybody. No. And there shouldn't be any comment given that it's legal in California. So it doesn't really matter. I love that in like in, in Snoop's case, you know, I want to talk about Snoop for a second here. Mm. Think about when these guys all first hit it. Like first, like Dre and Snoop. I mean, Dre post NWA, you know, going on mm-hmm. his own, mm-hmm. Death Road Records, all that stuff. And Snoop comes around. Would you have ever thought that 30 years later, Snoop would not only just be doing halftime, but Snoop would be this iconic uh, brand. I mean, he's a brand of his own now. Pitchman, 
Oh my Hanging God. with Martha Stewart. I mean, and- yes, I would like to mention on the side the mm-hmm. lawsuit filed against him yeah. for assault, which I have not looked into. That would be troubling, but it would also be very contrary to his lifestyle. Yeah. The best that I understand it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Snoop is his own own thing in a way that no one would have expected seeing him in the early 90s as some skinny dude from Long Beach, yeah. Long, you know, the LBC. So I just I just think that it's amazing what he's done with his life and what he's done with his career and, and yes. the brand he's become. He has become Uncle Snoop to yeah. the world. Yeah. And I'm here for it. I am totally I am too. I will run down one group that was involved with the, the, the Twitter rage and that is anybody that was this, this, you know, crazies out there who decided that it was too sexual or didn't not <sighs> you, you have every opinion that you can say you didn't like it. You may not like that kind of music. I get that. We all have our musical preferences. Yes. But if you say this wasn't good and this was, you know, negative toward women and overly overtly sexual just get all the way to fuck out of here with that shit yes i fully agree and and part of what i find so funny about some of those is that they're like we're boycotting halftime and then five minutes in it's i can't believe that they're doing this yeah it's kind of hard for you to comment on the halftime program contemporaneously if you're not watching it yeah yeah i love the people who have said well we're boycotting the nfl and they didn't go anywhere. Nope. They're just but, hurt, but they don't like it. Look, they're just hurt because they don't like black people. That's what it is. Right. And, and that's why everyone was like, oh my God, Eminem kneeled. Yeah. But do you know why he kneeled? I do not know the reasoning behind it, so but to me, it didn't matter. If It doesn't matter, but he kneeled because if you listen to the music, that was when they put in the Tupac, the interlude of Tupac music. Uh, okay. He kneeled in honor of Tupac. Again, people want to think well, at a football game and someone kneels, so it's a Colin Kaepernick. It wasn't the Colin yeah. Kaepernick thing, at least necessarily. It might have been, but I think it looked like, again, from the music, it was a Tupac thing. And then he was, you know, that was showing his respect to Tupac. That's fair. I mean, and if that wasn't what it was, if we come out a year later and Eminem says, I kneeled in, in, to be with Colin Kaepernick, I'm still here for it, too. Uh, you have a right to express your opinions on that. Huh? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Just a lot of hypocrisy. Yeah. I thought the show was great. I, it's fantastic. With, I so was we did have on the over under the number of songs was 10 and they went mm-hmm. under. It was nine. Okay. So. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas was able to sit across the room for me and watch me chair dance and get up and dance and be gleefully embarrassed by me and i just didn't care yeah we were just all just kind of in our chairs just kind of you know getting it on yeah so yeah. i'm not yeah so yeah we were we were both we both had the over on that uh number of songs it was nine okay. and a half was the over under we both thought it was 10 and ended up going under but it was a great performance they're gonna the nfl is going to have a hard time topping that next year they will, because the thing of it is, is similar to post Beyonce, they will try to rein it back in to some 
boomer era band, but those are starting to run out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I did see the funny Twitter post where someone says, um, it was something to the effect of, um, here we are, got, you know, Dre and Snoop and everybody going and most of us are looking around thinking, well, at least it isn't some boomer, you know, uh, something for the boomers this year. And then you realize, oh shit, we're now the old ones. <laughs> and I wonder, honestly, do Dre and Snoop fall into the very end of the boomer generation? No, because they're, they're closer to our age. That, uh, Snoop Dogg is near, Snoop Dogg's barely 50. Um, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, yeah. Because he was like 18 or 19 years old when Doggy Stock came out. All right. I'm going to Google this while you... I'm Googling it too. While we're Googling stuff, uh, did you know that in O'Connor Advisory Group, we can help you if you have, uh, you know, one thing I've been doing, people, over at O'Connor Advisory Group lately is we've been working with a lot of folks who have uh, decided they have some monies and they want to leave it to their children or grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And now I got a product that's going to be doing a little enhancement coming up. It's going to start here in a couple of weeks here at the, in the uh, like on the 23rd or 24th of um, February. It's going to go to the middle of August or middle of April. I'm sorry. We can give you a 35% bonus. So if you know somebody or you yourself are thinking about, I got some never money, some money that I want to put aside. Usually they have it in the CD at the bank. They're drawing their 1%. Yep. We can do better than that. No fees and a 35% bonus up front. Would that be good to roll over uh, uh, IRA, whether traditional or, or post-deferral? That is something I would talk to you individual on an individual case about because it could be, okay. but there are some restrictions on when you can take withdrawals from that. Sure. And how that would work. It's why I like to say it's for never money. Yeah. No, I just but, figured uh, it, it a good might, question. might spring to mind to people, but I did check and yes, you're correct. Snoop is soon to be five years older than me as my birthday quickly approaches. And yes. Dre is only 56. Yeah. So they're a little bit younger than I thought, but they're still kind of close to that very end cusp, yeah. especially Dre. Yeah, Snoop is exactly 50 years old. Yeah. I'm yeah. 46. I mean, I knew that we were close in age. So yeah. No, we I was at uh I went into the office today. Wednesdays my normally day in the office every week and at lunch we were trying to figure out how old everyone was because we kind of forgot that we lost two years yeah and people were shocked that I was going to be turning 45 in less than a month and I was like yeah no it's real yeah so if you want to send Ellie on uh, here a uh, birthday present to hook up with her uh, <laughs> Instagram at, at, at Ellie's bedhead get her size buy her something really nice you know send or cards, gift cards you could just go to Ellie Wing on either Instagram or Twitter, E-L-L-I-E-W-I-N-G. And then you can still see my bedhead. I had gra- I had beautiful bedhead today that I posted. I, I saw, that's what reminded me to say something today and I saw the post this morning. It was good. Yeah, yeah. It was I, good. Uh, having shorter hair, I can never pull that off. So my ass gets jacked up and I throw a ball cap on days like today. So... Privilege of being a dude sometimes. It is. There's definitely, there's definitely some positives to this. So negatives once in a while, but more often just positives. Yeah. 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 So, um, hey, I want to talk. We got through halftime here. Um, 
we got to talk about our prop bets because we didn't do this well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to run through. We're not going to run through all these. We'll try to hit them all. But we're going to go quickly. National Anthem, more than 95 seconds. We both hit them. So, yes. Cool. Um, well, what will be the result of the opening coin toss? I did not hear whether it was heads or tails. I assume the Bengals won the toss. So, I don't know. Okay. Uh, will there be a score in the first six and a half minutes? You said yes. I said no. I won. Okay. Will the score be tied after 0-0? Zero, zero? You said yes. I said no. I was right again. <laughs> uh, will a team – Who? what team will commit the first accepted penalty? You picked the um, – I picked the Bengals. You picked the Rams. It was the Rams. Yay. Uh, I picked the Bengals, and I went specific. I mean, I said it was going to be Eli Apple. Turns out he yeah. went to the end of the game to mess up. Uh, how many total touchdowns? We both went over the five and a half. It was under. It was like yep. Was the game. Um, will the largest lead be over or under 14 and a half? We both hit that at under 14 and a half. Mm-hmm. On the total first half points, 23 and a half. You went over. I went under. Again, I win. Okay. Uh, how many interceptions will be thrown? We both went over one and a half. We were both right. Now yep. we both thought the same thing. We both said they would each throw one. Turns out Stafford threw two. Yep. Um, how many receiving yards will Jamar Chase have? We both went over 82 and a half. He did go over 82 and a half. Okay. Uh, how many receiving yards will Cooper Cup have? Under 160, 106.5. We both picked under. We both hit that one. 92. Okay. How many touchdown passes will Joe Burrow have? Um, we both went over one and a half. It was under. It was one. Mm. It was mixing through the one. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. How many rushing yards? This one was good. How many rushing yards will Matt Stafford have? We both went over. Uh-huh. 5.5 yards. Do you know how many rushing yards Matt Stafford had? No clue. Six. Yeah. <laughs> Who will have more completions, Burrow or Stafford? Of course, I took Burrow. You took Stafford. You won that. Yep. Burrow had a better completion percentage. Okay. Um, how many songs will be performed during the halftime show? The over-under was nine and a half. We both picked the over. Uh, it was actually nine. Okay. Will there be a missed field goal? We both said yes. We both predicted who we thought it would be. We were both wrong. There were no missed field goals. Uh, how many total points? All right, you got this one. Oh, we both. Oh, so we both got this one. Okay. Both went under. Oh, so we both missed this one. Oh, okay. We both went under six and a half. It was twelve punts in the game. Okay. Uh, what team will score last? I had the Bengals. You had the Rams. Rams won. Yep. Uh, will the total points be even or odd? We both had odd. We both won. Who wins the game? We know who won the game, the and that was me. <laughs> then we had our own um, movie trailers. How many movie trailers? We said over under of four. We both went over. There was seven. Okay. Seven. So was there any movie trailers that made you think I got to go see that movie? So frankly, I missed the Dr. Strange trailer. That was the best all, all together. And I went back and watched it 
I think it had the biggest, it had the biggest like hidden thing in there too. Um, have you seen that yet? It depends on which hidden thing you're talking about, the, and I I don't know how much spoiler yeah. thingy Marvel stuff. Right, you we're want. just going with it. We're just going to say what it was. It was the. Right, so are you talking about the whole uh, the X mutants, all that kind of stuff? Yes. We yeah. saw that there's an X Man in there. Yeah, because uh, Patrick Stewart's voice. Patrick Stewart is, is there. Is his voice? And you can see the shadow of his head. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we are going to see the X-Men crossover finally. So and it's Marvel has the rights. It's the um It'll be uh, the multiverse is what I was told. Right. But I'm trying there's a, a group that kind of controls it. It starts with an I and I'm, I'm the dropping. Illuminati. The Illuminati, yes. Marvel Illuminati. That's the other big secret is that now it's like that the next Avengers thing will be around the Marvel Illuminati. Now yeah, I know a little bit about this, but not a lot. I'm not know that to be dangerous. I know that means there's an evil X-Men. There is an evil Tony Stark, who rumor has it is going to be played by Tom Cruise. That's what I heard. Don't know. I'm not, I'm not certain. I've heard that the evil, there's a version of, of Tony Stark in this other multiverse that is uh-huh. an evil Iron Man. And that it'll be played by Tom Cruise. I, um, don't know if it's I, true. Again, I just what I heard. Yep, yep, yep. Um, there's also uh, so then you see that this is where the evil Doctor Strange also is, right? Which is part of this move, right? Now, and I also watched What If, which I don't know if you watched What If this summer, um, and especially the Doctor Strange episode where he tries to figure out how he can save Christine from dying, yeah. And so you learn kind of about the evil Doctor Strange in some of that and how he was created. So I, I don't know. I, again, I came to Marvel very late in life, like within the last two years that I have seen the canon of everything. Yeah. Um, not being a comic book reader, there's a whole lot like around the Illuminati that I've got no clue on and some of the, the story runs, but... And I'm yeah. just now learning the Illuminati piece too, recently, like in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. When this is supposed to be going, or where it could be going. So it'll be interesting. And I will probably likely go see Doctor Strange in the theaters. Yeah, I will too. I've got to catch up on a few things first, obviously. Yes. So I'm going to catch up and on I would highly, I would recommend watching WandaVision. I know a lot of people tanked WandaVision. I really Jen liked it. And Jen liked it. She liked it a lot. And I'm here for it. I, I, I will get that done. I just haven't done it yet. I think some of the issues with uh, the commentary around it, it's coming from very male egocentric yeah. and uh, dudes just aren't in touch with their feelings. And a lot of that series was about grief and loss and trauma mm-hmm. and how people deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think dudes have, a, in general, there's a lot of dudes who have a problem with any kind of a um, show or anything that posts women in a strong way. Or just actually, frankly, dealing with stuff instead of trying to stuff it down or blame other people for it. Okay, that's good too. Yeah. So it's kind of the combination of the two, but I would agree with your your point on strong women. Some dudes need to get over themselves. Yeah. So, <laughs> as we were talking about, about the... Ellie Wong special. I have to 
I got you. Got to watch the beginning of that. I'll have to go back and watch the whole thing. Yeah, it. no, I'll have to sit down. I'm behind yeah. on my comedy specials so. by a long stretch. All right. Um, what other takes in the Super Bowl do you have? Commercial I mean, anything? really, that was about it. I mean, we're let's see how the next two months kind of shakes out and what the teams do, because yeah. really now it's fallout. Um, you had mentioned offline that the NFL has hired counsel around the Brian Flores, yeah. um, the former U.S. Attorney General. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Lynch. yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, and I'm just saying, like, between that, some of the player moves that will be necessitated, I found it interesting that there was uh, an, a BuzzFeed article or maybe TMZ about Aaron Rodgers and his fiance splitting Mm. what that came out today what that might mean for him landing in denver uh i I don't know i i'm still of the belief that aaron Rodgers is leaving green bay and if it doesn't mean he's going to denver it means he's going somewhere else i i just think that they're being gotten beyond the point of reconciliation i would tend to agree and i just don't think it and like i said on monday's pod i think that if I think it would be different if there was one owner, one person who can make the final decision for the Packers. Yeah. I think you can then say, hey, whatever it takes, make the deal. Right. But when you don't have that in the Packers case, they have to make the deal in a way that's they have to do things in a way that's can be justifiable. Mm-hmm. To a large group of people. Sure. And that's where they, they can't make a deal like that. They have to think towards the future. And even if they don't like Jordan Love now, they're going to, they're stuck with him. At least for a couple of years, yeah. Yeah, and, unless they somehow, some way, find someone to take him off their hands. But no one's going to give them what they would need for him, which is going to be a first-round pick. Right. I mean, it would, now it would behoove a team like Pittsburgh, like New Orleans, like Denver, um, Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, you know, and some things that are going on. Atlanta, I'd be making the phone call to Green Bay and saying, hey, if you guys are going to work things out with Aaron, how about giving us Jordan Love for a three? I think the thing of it is, though, is that everyone senses that it's not going to be worked out with yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, and I, it's just kind of a flight path. I think, it's a cheap, I think it's a cheap way of taking a chance on somebody. And, and if you got the right people, I mean, Tampa, another place to, again, give us a three, give us a four. We'll make a deal. If he, Here's what I would do if I was one of those teams. I'd call and say, up till draft day, we're willing to trade you a three with an upside to make it a two mm-hmm. if he hits certain levels. He, passing yardage, touchdowns, games played, whatever. We'll figure out some form of We'll even make it a one if he hits all three of these. And we've got a real number one guy here. We'll give you the one for it. But I, you got to at least make the phone call and tell the GM that. Just to say it and say, hey, I'll put this on the record with you. We're interested in this, but we're only interested in this up till draft day. Because on right. draft day, we'll have to make the decision whether that's Kenny Pickett, Malik Lewis, or – um, Matt Corral. And 
I think that's fair, but to your point that you've made over the last few weeks that head coaches, GMs, quarterbacks kind of need to be in sync and with the the Broncos hiring the offensive coordinator yeah. from the Packers, mm-hmm. it leads one to kind of think that there's been a much more fluid conversation going on on that side. I think so too. I do. I now, I do think that you can repair – if things are good between the GM and the head coach at Green Bay, and if Matt LaFleur has his way they can spend some money, then I think LaFleur and Rodgers are in a good place. But then you got to bring in someone Rodgers wants as his offensive coordinator. You tell Rodgers, hey, okay, I'll let you choose the O.C., we got a money commitment and we're going to go make some deals, but we'll sure. see. I, I don't know how they get away with this one. I don't, I mean, you have to restructure his contract in a big way, extend it two or three more years on the guy will be 39 beginning yep. of the season. Those are all tough things. And again, it would be a lot easier. Let's say it was Dallas. We got the great owner in Dallas, you know, Jerry Jones, whether you like him or not, he's willing to do the things to make his team better. Uh... He's willing to throw money around. You can say he, yes, but you can say he's been wrong. That's fair. That's a fair criticism. It's a fair criticism to say he's been wrong, but he's never been cheap. So I don't think it should be framed as he's willing to do the best for his team. He's willing to throw money to chase things. Well, and I think, well, I think in his mind, he's the best for the team. Oh, of course. But I don't, Again, I've never seen him make a deal that was bad for his team. He's never handcuffed that team. Even the stuff with Dak, he's given himself outsole. So it never has really been an issue on the player personnel side. It's always been on the coaching. The coaching side, I'll hear that argument, yes. He thinks he's got something in McCarthy that he doesn't have. He thought he had something in, yeah. but yep. now the last yeah, Jason one. Garrett too. Yeah. Well, I again, mean, it goes, but it goes back to my, what I'm saying about the Rogers thing is that if a guy, if you had a guy like that, this as an example, if you had the one guy who's saying, I'll make the decision and there's plenty of other owners. I mean, I mean, here in Kansas city now, I mean, yeah, you'd see that they'd make the same deal. No, so- the future to help this is what's fascinating about the Rams putting together the team that they did this year, that as you've pounded the last several episodes, they gave up so many years of draft picks. They went all out. They got the team that they needed that they felt could do it now. Yeah. There is no building. There is no dynasty. It is. We get a year or two at best out of this core group of people. Yeah. And is that what the NFL becomes, especially for larger market teams that have the cap space and wherewithal to really do this? And does that basically push the smaller markets into a place that they're either forced to spend with an example, somebody like the Bengals, whose owner has been unwilling to over the last 25 years do that, or does that cause a CBA negotiation once the 
the current contract is up. Well, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think that first off, I don't think many teams are going to go the all-in way the Rams did. I think the Rams with the ownership and Stan Kroenke and trying mm-hmm. to win the city as much as anything else now, I think that was so important. Um, I pulled up their cap, and they're not in a salary cap hell. It's very doable, but it's they don't they're not going to, be able to add youth to the team. Right. So they've got to, you know, they're going to lose a couple of pieces. I mean, Beckham's gone. Beckham's not coming back. He's already uh, for, and and we got to get on this real quick. Beckham tore his ACL. So. It's awful news. Oh, I mean, he was on the way to be the MVP of that game. I mean, he yeah. was. You weren't stopping him. And why? Because they had Eli Apple on. Eli Apple's horrible. Man, just getting wrong. I Ooh. saw one picture on Twitter. Oh my God, it was apples. On, a, on like a stove. It was like uh-huh. you know, the apples getting torched or something. And it's his current view of the Bengals, of the Bengals secondary. And it was yeah, apples being torched. Yeah, that um, guy is really just been the target. NFL players going in on him. I mean, yeah. Michael Thomas and uh, who was the other receiver we saw? Um, uh, Tredavious White, uh, Ward from the, uh, the Chiefs. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know who it was. One of the, the chief, the guy from the Chiefs, I was like, "Hey, maybe someday you can get this ring too." Yeah, I was. Oh. It was. Yeah, so, it was a lot. Yeah, but it's going to be interesting. I mean, like I looked at the salary cap deal with the Rams, and there, there's some creative ways to move around in here, and they're they're not going to be able to extend anybody. Uh, mm-hmm. They will extend Stafford, I think. Um, I looked at it; he's got just this upcoming season. At a reasonable cap rate, $23 million. They'll probably give him a couple of years, you know, and give him a chance. I think a lot of this team does stay intact because they want to run it back. I don't think Donald's going to retire. You know, there was some talk about that. Another one of those bullshit stories that broke him. On, on it, it's not a bullshit story when he actually says it. Yeah, but he got asked that. I thought it was a really poor job to ask him right after the Super Bowl, is he going to retire? Everybody oh no! Can't. It was before the Super Bowl that yeah. he was just like, "If I get a ring, I might retire." Yeah. What I mean though is, first off, I, I do think it's somewhat of a bullshit story. I think he's just going to say that to say it. I mean, he maybe he's thinking that, but maybe he's saying, "Hey, I don't have a whole lot more to prove." And he didn't want to say it that way. But I thought it was—I think it was Michelle Tafoya that was talking to him after the game, and she says, "Are you going to retire now?" And he's like, "Bitch, I'm still." trying to celebrate this victory i mean that was a dave that was a dave Chappelle kind of moment he's sitting there I was, that could have been Chappelle's. So, bitch i'm trying to enjoy this what are you asking me this one everybody wants the moment that yes. like when bill when bill walsh retired yes bill walsh retired right at the super bowl right at yep. the press conference everybody wants to happen again and they're not doing it so quit fucking sure. asking the questions and ruining the moment because it hurts it hurts the player it hurts the team it hurts the celebration Okay, hold on. I think that tag on is nonsense. No, these these players are throwing that out the window. They're going to go enjoy their Super Bowl win. It's not hurting the player. It's hurting him maybe way after the fact. It's not hurting the celebration. That's what I mean. You can't celebrate the moment. You get keeping it. Yes, you can. Oh, come on. No, I, I think it's hurting. I do think it sucks. I think it's no, there is some 30-year-old-ish man who made a comment a week earlier 
he's not going to let that hang over him while he's popping bottles with whomever for the next 48 hours. Then what's the use of asking the fucking question? Because you have to as a journalist. Not it's not hurting anyone by asking it. I, I, I don't think it's a good thing. I don't think it helps anybody. I think it's, I think it's more harm than help. It is strictly helping the journalist. That yeah. I agree on. I don't think it's hurting the player, the team, or anyone else. Because yeah. so no I, one is hearing it until after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just, I don't know. I don't like the way they ask that question. I, just, yeah. I don't. I think, it's a, I think it's a shitty thing to do to people. And we saw it with Brady constantly. No, I mean, I get it. It's not necessarily that I agree that the question should be asked. Yeah. Everybody, like you said, wants the gotcha moment to be the one that captured it. But the impact, yeah. I don't think it's nearly as big as, as you would like to think. Yeah, maybe maybe you're right on that piece, but I, I, I still don't like it. Fair enough. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I think the Rams have a ch- shot at coming back and running this back. I do. Uh, it'll be interesting. They got a couple of things to worry about. I mean, will Whitworth retire? I think Whitworth will retire. Well, I mean, I thought he had a cute moment with his. Did you see his, through him and his kids? Mm-hmm. That was really. Cute. It, it was great, and you know, hell, he's going on such a high note, getting yeah. the Peyton Man of the Year, yeah. winning a Super Bowl, being 40, 41. One. I mean. Mm-hmm. For his position, forty-one. He came back and played this season. Got he's ancient, and he played left tackle. Still playing well. He got he injured during it. the postseason. Yeah. He could run it back one more time, but I don't see why you do it. It just—it's good to go out in your shield like that. And may, and maybe they'll be like again, like you and Ricardo talked about on Monday. Here's a sack of cash that if you can just continue. Yeah. On the blind side, we're good for yeah. just maybe one more season. Yeah, just we, we, we'll, ex- we'll give you that bullshit extension and we'll just make sure you get all that money later. Yeah. yeah uh, it's, I'm a big fan of his. I have, he's an LSU guy. So I mean, I love my LSU guys. But, Seems to be a wonderful but human he, being. If you can't get with Big Wit, and if you know the story of him, he played all those years in Cincy. Yeah. He was the best player on the team, and no one loves a left tackle. So no one looks no at the team and goes, oh, man, that left tackle. He's never the Sunday night football promo guy, you know? Yeah. The left tackle isn't. And he's one of the best ever. And the, a shitty team, he gets a chance. It took him four years at the Rams to finally get there. And then he gets there, and they finally win. So, yeah, no. I was listening to the Ringer uh, Media Press Box uh, podcast, which is one of my favorites. And they did a, a – live Super Bowl recap similar to what you and Ricardo did and one of their comments was with the player intros instead of listing whatever college or high school they came from they should list their NFL team tree so people could see the interconnections yeah that some of these players had and how much more interesting that might be I have an old friend, you know, it comes to like the Monday night, the Sunday night ones where they put, they say their team name and everything. Uh-huh. We used to have a bet. We would bet it every week. We would, it was, it was, he had the big 10. I had the SEC uh-huh. and it was how many players, you know, said they were from which schools. And then he had his team where he went to school. He was an Iowa guy and I had LSU, which I, I won every week. 
because there's just more LSU guys than sure. everyone else. I mean, only Alabama has more. I was going to say, except for Alabama. Yeah. For Alabama. And it's close. It's close. Um, but yeah, only Alabama has means LSU. Yeah. And LSU had guys on both these teams. So that's one thing I was like, I was mad because I wanted Burrow to win, but I, I love Big Wit. I love Odell Beckham. So I'm happy as hell they both got the rings. I was really like when Beckham went down, I literally jumped out of my chair and was like, oh no. No. And Jen and Ricardo were like, what's wrong? And I was like, that's Beckham. And they're like, but, but and I was like, no, 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 no. Well, I'm rooting for the Knights, but that's Odell Beckham. Yeah. I don't see anybody get hurt. I don't see anybody get hurt in the Super Bowl like that. Right. They're also, the guy that I'm a fan of. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I would, like, when Burrow went down and tore his MCL, apparently, mm, mm-hmm. I was like, no. Yeah. Like, I must, part of my soul came out of me. I was like, no. Okay. He's walking. He's walking. Tough it out, big dude. Tough it out. Yeah. Had he gone down, it just, oh, I, I would have lost it. I would not have recorded Monday's podcast. <laughs> I'd, have been calling, I'd have been texting you, but like, you and Ricardo got to record the podcast. I'm not, I'm not in a place where I can talk about this. So only, and it took me till when, it took me till Tuesday night to be able to talk about the game, other than on the podcast. Because I was upset with Burrow. Well, the thing of it is, again, He's young. Yeah, I'm, yep. Go ahead. I'll say it, and then I'll tell you my reply. He will continue to get pieces around him in ways that you probably won't like. But something crazy like this will continue to happen because, to your point, if you don't like Joe, then there's something wrong with you, not wrong with him. Yeah. And I honestly think that players will be drawn to him. I think so, too. To have a season or two if yeah. there's enough pieces in place yeah we talked about that on monday a lot you know i think yeah. you obviously listened it was you know it does, i said i don't understand why people aren't doing it with Mahomes already but um i do think that but here's the thing is, is that here's what i really i agree with you mm-hmm. that's in theory but here's the problem is that tomorrow's not guaranteed to any of us correct and i don't like the fact that people say well i'm happy for the rams and burrow will get another chance he may not I mean, that, there's just as likely a chance that the Bengals suck again next season and it's just Burrow and Chase with a bunch of rummies out there with him and he gets the shit beat out of him again and he's trying to figure out a way out of that place in two seasons. And that's absolutely true. But and, and so he I, can figure out his yeah. – if it's not with the Bengals, it's going yeah. to be with somebody else. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to have a great career. I mean, I, I'm not one of those guys that's going to say, well – He's going to win more. I was listening to Akeem Tlaib this evening mm-hmm. on the way, yeah. the way in. I was listening to call to the call to the booth. I think Akeem Tlaib is great. I think he has a great way he looks at games. And he got asked point blank. He was saying, he said, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow. Next five seasons, who wins more Super Bowls? He said, Burrow. He said he likes, he says he thinks the Chiefs are going to have to rebuild it for this next coming season. Mm-hmm. Was his thought. He's like, he says, if Mahomes is going to get another one, it's going to be next season, 2022. Okay. 2023 Super Bowl. Yep. If not, it'll be a couple of years because they're going to have to rebuild. Yep. Which they're defensively going to have to rebuilding now. Yep. Then he says he likes Allen a lot as a player, but thinks they're going to have an issue getting some pieces. And he said, he said, guys, he says, you don't believe me if you're not listening. He says, 
everyone in NFL circles is talking about playing with Joe Burrow. And I can see that. He says, he says, he in the way he put it, he was like, even, he says, even the brothers want to go play with Joe Burrow. They like his get down. They like the, who he is. And, yeah. and there's some guys that, look, I think Mahomes is generationally talented. He's more talented than Joe Burrow. There's no doubt. Absolutely. I mean, even I, the biggest stand of Joe Burrow, will say that Patrick Mahomes is a more talented football player. But it shows that no one's signing there. This past offseason, outside of Orlando Brown, Orlando Brown was one. They got a left tackle, and Orlando Brown's a really good left tackle. But they might lose now. But if they, they're going to have to go get some pieces. And they can't just draft pieces. No, and and I agree, and I agree with you and Ricardo's point that these dudes should have been, if they haven't, if they didn't, work at the All-Star game. Man, I bet the Pro Bowl buying everybody drinks. You know, and recruiting folks during the Pro Bowl, having those side conversations, Mm -hmm. figuring out who has interest. I have to believe if the NFL is – trailing the NBA in some of this in creating those big threes, those pods of guys that get to know each other outside of the game and just want to be around each other. Yeah. So the pro bowl had to have been a part of that. And so I'm going to be interested come March one, when things right, when things start kind of releases will start March one, you'll start seeing signings shortly thereafter. So you know, the dudes, all the dudes were at the Pro Bowl this year, even if they weren't playing, I don't think. I think a yeah. lot of people ended yeah. up kind of going and to A Vegas lot of guys went, and you have guys in L.A. all week for the Super Bowl. Yep. Every NFL player gets two tickets to the Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you have a lot of that. Here's my thing, is that you made up a good point there. Your point you brought up was great. It's in the NBA, it's two or three guys come together. Mm-hmm. You have LeBron and Anthony Davis, and then you figure out some things. Yeah. You know, Durant and um, Harden and uh, Kyrie. Now, you know, Harden's gone. We'll talk about that yep. in a couple minutes. That's yep, yep. still coming. Um, but in the NFL, you know what it is. It's not because you have so many, so many players on the team, 53-man roster. It's hard. Two or three players can't win the thing. It has to be deep. But you know where those relationships come from? In different NFL than is in the NBA, it's because mm-hmm. of college. Because they where they went to college. Yeah, the Alabama guys all stick together. Well, I mean that was the all stick together. LSU, that was a Ohio huge State. thing. Well, with Jamar Chase, right? That even though he sat out his senior year, he had played with Burrow. Yeah, and he had that relationship and had no concern about coming yeah. to Cincy because that was his guy. Yeah. What I mean is like, I, I think we're going to see that in this, in this free agency with some of these players, mm-hmm. you know, these guys who are the, the Ohio state players and the Bama players, yep. they're going to want to play together. You see it on Twitter. You see it all over the place. Sure. When one of them does well. They all hype each other up. So now let's talk about those big three, Allen, Mahomes, and Burrow. Mahomes to Texas Tech. Not really a place we got a lot of NFL players. It's the weakest poll. Yeah. So he has to rely Josh on Allen with the, Josh Allen with the Wyoming. And Burrow happened to go to LSU, which is a fact. Yeah. And LSU guys are LSU guys. Yes. Like the Bama guys are. I mean, that is 
We are this. Yes. That's why, like, I, I made the prediction, my bold prediction of free agency was Tyron Matthews going to end up in the Bengals. Because I think that Tyron Matthews is going to want to play with his LSU guy, even though they're kind of different generational in a way. I but can I understand that. Him. Yeah, no, I can understand that. But I also see and appreciate his ties to Kansas City. He's already said he wants to stay in Kansas City. And I don't really think it's a Tyron Matthew deal. I don't think he's going to stay at the Chiefs because the Chiefs aren't going to give him the balls. I think the Chiefs are I, – I said this on Monday. I think the Chiefs are making a huge mistake. I think the Chiefs should get to keep Matthew and not worry about a Tyreek Hill extension because you can make the deal next year and see where you're at. You can make the deal week 15 and see where you're at. So, I mean, it's, that's the way I would look at it. I, I think that Tyreek Hill's, um, Tyreek Hill's value is higher to the Chiefs than anybody else. Yes. Because of the nature of how they play the game. So that'll be interesting to me is to see how the, the free agency all works. So we're going to get into that over the next few weeks. So um, we mentioned the Byron, uh, Brian Flores lawsuit. Uh, Loretta Lynch, the former attorney general, her firm has been hired by the NFL to represent them in this lawsuit. Mm-hmm. They could have got a bigger gun. That's a pretty Brian- big blast. From I, I would say from a name perspective, it's really interesting. Um, not knowing I, I don't know her profile that. beyond yeah. being in the Obama administration. Yeah. And um, I don't know her practice yeah, yeah. at all. But it tells me they're worried. Oh, absolutely. I mean, me you, you me are getting worried about this. You are getting a, uh, you are hiring a woman who's, you are hiring a firm who's supposedly, I don't again know, led by a black woman who was an attorney general for the United States. Um, That's a big deal. Yeah. And it also tells me that this is going to end up getting pushed to settlement probably much quicker than we anticipated. Yeah. I think it tells me that the, I think you're right. I think you're spot on. I think it tells me that the NFL is really serious about getting rid of getting through this as quickly as they possibly can. Yes. And to try to minimize the sting on this because they realize how in the wrong they are. Yes. They cannot get to, the NFL cannot afford to get to any kind of stage of discovery yeah. where requests for documentation, texts, you know, whatever else emails can be requested. And so it's going to be a yeoman's task for Lynch's firm to kind of start pushing a discussion about a settlement and how it's going to be structured. and. They aren't going to let this drag out until, you know, OTAs start next year. This will be done and settled. My prediction is that by 2022 OTAs, this thing will be settled. Wow. You're talking like next three or four months. Yes. Wow. Does Brian Flores ever get a head coaching job again? No. And it sucks. Because he seems to be 
a well-respected coach. Yeah. He, he's taking on this fight and he's not going to get anything out of it. And he's not, not from a professional level. He may end up on a commentary track. Um, he seems to hold himself well with the media, yeah. given the press conferences and interviews that he's yeah. had to do. But from a coaching perspective, I, I can't imagine that anyone would, any team or owner would want to take on that stigma. What about a collegiate head coaching job? Would this affect that, you think? I think it depends on the program. Okay. Um, you know, if you could see maybe some lower tier D1 school pulling those strings to be like, hey, this guy fought the good fight, won what he won. He's going to be really invested on his coaching staff, yeah. player personnel, that kind of thing. I, I just don't know, I guess, from the influence standpoint of collegiate versus NFL, where that kind of breaks down. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I have seen where I think at times the uh, collegiate level is willing to take on some people and, and do sure that the NFL wouldn't. I was curious about that. Um, no, I mean, hell, the biggest test will be, does Urban Meyer find a job within the next two years on the collegiate level? I don't think he will. I don't, I don't think he will either, but I think he's got a I think he's got a bad taste on him right now. Is that a lost leader for programs to be like, and eh, this is the amount of baggage that we'll carry? Here's what I think we'd be more evident to see the next couple of years. I can see like an HBCU take on Brian uh-huh. Flores. Yes. Now we, we got Dion at one, we got Hugh Jackson at another. Uh, a lot of these HBCUs have got donors. Yeah. And so you could see them getting a little serious about things. I could see that and going to get a, a Brian Flores before I could see anybody taking on uh, on uh, Urban Meyer. That's fair. Yeah. I think that that's probably a good call. I don't want it to be that Brian Flores has to go to an HBCU. Not that there's anything wrong with HBCUs by any means. This is a man who's deserving of being a top-tier NFL head coach. Absolutely. I mean, again, I have stated for the record that I think of Bill Belichick's assistant coaches outside of Nick Saban. I think Brian Flores is the best head coach of all. And Nick Saban wasn't particularly good in Miami. He was okay. He didn't have a quarterback. He couldn't manhandle the program like you can in college. It's true. If he had a, if he had a quarterback in Miami, he'd still be in the NFL. I wonder about that. I really think so. I think that was a big deal. Because you have to you have to have that quarterback coach thing. I, it's a big deal. <laughs> I understand that, but I also wonder if Saban's ego would be able to handle a bunch of dudes just not, frankly, giving a fuck. I think so. I think so in that situation because he knows that he carries the biggest switch. The, he carries the biggest bat. He can say, hey, I can just cut you. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I don't I, think he could be a good head coach in the NFL without – a big time quarterback. I don't think anybody really can. Well, that's fair. I just, he has such tight control over his programs and how they function. That part of me really wonders if the ego thing on a professional level was something that it was weird for him to deal with, even though he had been through the assistant ranks 
he yeah. wasn't a head coach. He wasn't That's dealing good. with people who thought that they were just as good as he was. Yeah. I see your point there. So yeah. that's, I, mean, I have a hard time believing that that guy couldn't be that coach. Though. I mean, he's I, great. I tend to agree with that. And maybe especially now, you know, 15 years on yeah. where well, he's seen both sides. I think, now, I think now, if you look at what's going on in NIL and how uh-huh. Alabama is way ahead of the curve on this, yeah. it makes me think that he probably would have been able to relate to those, relate to those guys in the NFL. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, he got his quarterback is out here making a million plus a year in NIL deals. Cheers. He's got an, he's got an autograph signing coming up. Bryce Young does 150 bucks an autograph. That sounds about right. Yeah. I'm like, wow. I mean, he's getting paid, you know, two, three hundred thousand for a night to do that. Yeah. All right. One last football question for you. Yes, sir. And we're going to move on. I'm going to name out these teams. These are the teams who have never won a Super Bowl. Okay. And you're going to tell me who's the next one to win. Houston, and just Texas. to note, I am unprepared for this. Yeah, I just surprised you this question. This is fresh. The Houston Texans, the Arizona Cardinals, which host next year's Super Bowl, the last two host stadiums have won the Super Bowl after it never happening before that. The Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers, the Detroit Lions, the Minnesota Vikings, Jacksonville Jaguars, L.A. Chargers, Tennessee Titans, Cleveland Browns, Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, so I think by order of logical elimination, it would come down to Cincinnati and Buffalo. I think so, too. There are some interesting throw-ins in between there, depending on who they can get in the offseason. Are you talking about the Chargers and the Titans there? Chargers, Titans, and frankly, Minnesota. As long as they got a guy stealing money at quarterback. He could be sneaky, though, man. No, they got a better quarterback. Their backup quarterback is a better quarterback. Um, So... If I'm taking it down to the Bills and Bengals, I'm going to say that Josh Allen is going to win before Joe Burrow. Yeah, I can see the argument. I do. I totally can see the argument. And I think it's one of those two as well. I'm taking, taking my guy. but Sure. I just bad. think the Bills have a little bit more well-rounded team as it currently I would agree. is. I would totally agree with that. Totally agree that they have a, more, a better team. Absolutely. By the way, if I was the Minnesota Vikings, I would uh-huh. find a way to have someone do a Nancy Kerrigan on Kirk. <laughs> Kellen Mond's a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. This doesn't got talked about yet, but if they give Kellen Mond a chance, Kellen Mond can be Dak Prescott. Oh, I, I'm. It'll be interesting in the next couple of years to see what folks do. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I think that, that, I like that kid. I think he's a really, I think he'd be a really good quarterback if given the opportunity. But currently they got a guy stealing all the money here. How long is he stealing that money for? Let's check that out real quick. Every time Kirk Cousins cashes a paycheck, he is stealing money. I wish I could do the same. 45 million on their cap. And if they cut him, they don't get anything for it. Let's see if it's after June. Nope. 
trade. If they can somehow trade him, they can they can keep ten million in dead money. That's the only way to do it. I would just sit his ass on the bench for a year. That'd be the question I would ask if I was over. The question I'd ask if I'd have been in an interview. Oh, I do have one more thing I'll bring up. Yeah, you heard the Eric B. Enemy news. Um, beyond the fact that he hasn't been hired anywhere, and um, Eric B. Enemy's contract has now run out with the Kansas City Chiefs, and he they have they have not worked out an extension. He is not under contract right now, and word around the campfire is he does not want to stay in Kansas City unless there's some promises made. So. If I were him, given the last three or four years of going through interviews and probably being thrown under the bus to a certain extent, especially early this season, I don't blame him. I don't either. But it is disheartening to me to see that there hasn't been earnest interest from other teams. Okay. I agree. Tony Dungy was on the Andrew Brett podcast this week. Okay. And, and he brought up a point about Eric Bianami. I thought it was a really good point. Mm-hmm. They should not be interviewing these guys during the playoffs. It's shitty. They brought up the example that in the, after, in the 2021 playoffs last season, Yep. Eric Bianami the, the, the rumor is Eric Bieniemy is not good in the interview. That he's not either not prepared or does not interview well. Now, Dungey said this. In 2021, Eric Bieniemy did five interviews for head coaching jobs in three days while trying to prepare for the AFC championship game. Okay. From someone who has taken time in recent eras to interview, you can come off great yeah. interview and they still don't like you. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that the him interviewing bad is what it is. No, there's I, something there's there something. has to be something else. Yeah. I think that these NFL teams should not be allowed to interview coaches during the season or during the <laughs> offices like this. I think it puts these guys at disadvantages. I think, I mean, Eric Bannon can't give you what you need to sit down and prep for an interview if he's doing five of them in three days while coaching. It's it's disingenuous at best. It it is, and this speaks to the issues around the Rooney Rule that they are trying to peg or pencil in the guys that they yeah. need to. It's a it's become a check the box. It's yes. become a we've checked the box. You know, they, they have the teams go in and say, here's what, you know, here's who we want. Now we have to go check the box and make sure we've interviewed somebody. Yes. And it's bullshit. It is. It is. I, I, I have heard, again, the rumors going around is that Eric Bannon is willing to take an assistant job somewhere else. He's willing to even take a year off and look at stuff next season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's even looking at possibly going to the college ranks for a year or two. I want him to find something that's good for him. He's got a lot of talent. Yeah. Players love him. I I think the NFL, I think the Chiefs should absolutely pull Eric Bieniemy in a room with Andy Reid and the GM and the owner. And they say, Andy, one or two, how many do you get? 
how many will you take? Because we're not going to let you have more than two. And we're and, and you just go in and say you got two seasons. He's the next head coach. And and, and you let it be enemy know you're our next head coach. We're going to pay you this much, and we're going to have you involved with every meeting with the general manager, with player personnel, with everything. But it can't be more than I mean it would be hard pressed to go more than one season, much less two. But I would at least give him the guarantee of, okay, this 2022 season is Andy Reid's, 2023 is Eric Bielman's. So I – you go to the NFL and say, we need an exemption to the rooting rule for this. Right. I, I understand the whole coach and waiting thing. It rarely works. I think it could work in this reason, though. I mean – I would I, think so. I would think – as long as Reid is on board. If Andy Reid thinks he can coach more than a couple more years, then it won't work at all. But how old is Andy Reid now? Mid to late 60s. God damn it, I got to Google something else. I can't do a commercial when I'm Googling. Well, you could do your spot for a trunk club right here where... Well, I've almost got it now. Andy Reid is currently 63 years old. Okay. Yeah. So he will actually be 64 in about a month. Yes. So he will be mid sixties by yeah. the end of the year. He's 65. You go in and you say, Hey, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give you, we're going to put you in the ring of honor. We're going to do this and that. We're going to give you one, maybe two chances. I would, I would ask the enemy. I mean, if we give him two chances, will you stay? Right. You're the highest paid assistant in the history of the fucking league. We'll pay you head coach money. If we have to, we don't want you to get away. And you feel like you haven't gotten an opportunity. We probably haven't been as helpful to you on that. Here's what we can do. It would also be a great sign to the Chiefs fan base that you want some consistency over Mahomes' career. Correct. And frankly, I know that there's been a lot of angst around enemy in Kansas City and whether we need to switch up the OC yeah. around that. Yeah. But if he's the head coach and he is not the offensive play caller and bringing in different OC gives a different lifeblood to the team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that the, I think the number one thing that hurts Eric the enemy in his interviews right now is pardon me, that he has not been the play caller. Could be. I mean, that could be a big part of it. Yeah. It's hard for him to go in and say exactly what he does. Yeah, I mean, when you're handing a head coach uh, a sheet of play calls and saying, this is what I would do in these circumstances, but you don't have the ultimate. You don't have the ultimate say. Right. And these guys who are OCs and DCs that are getting these jobs, they're given that responsibility to their head coach. A lot of head coaches don't call plays. No, a lot of them have figured out that they're not good at it. <laughs> well, someone should tell Zach Taylor that because he's not a good fucking play caller at all. Man. Zach Taylor is one of those guys that got his job because he was in the orbit of Sean McVay at some point. Who, side note, my friend Sarah and I, who watched the game together, just commented on McVay's sexiness throughout most of the game. So. <laughs> All right. So one, he is a good looking cat. Two, yes. here locally in Lawrence, Free State's football coach looks just like Sean McVay. Oof. Yeah. Oof. 
And hopefully we'll have Coach Stewart on the podcast soon. I've talked to him already about that. So I did not bring up the Sean McVay thing and me asking him that. I'll just ask him on the podcast. <laughs> hey, my co-host saw a picture of you. He said you'd like Sean McVay. And I tell him to say yeah on that one. <laughs> I'm sure he's been told more than once he looks like Sean McVay. So, yeah. So that was my last NFL thing. I wanted to go over that, that Eric Bieniemy thing. I, I hope the Chiefs and him work something out. I think it'd be great for both, both parties. It would be a damn shame if the Chiefs have to go and change offensive coordinators in the middle of all this. I think so. It just doesn't work out if it's a divorce or some way. Yeah. I think it'd be kind of shitty for both sides. So I agree. Yeah. And regardless, I hope the enemy gets the landing spot that he needs to because he's talented. Yep. All right. Well, hey, let's talk about Trunk Club for a second here. So let's transition. I, I'm wearing Trunk Club. Right now, like, you got your you got your truck. You, are you happy with your tr- your last truck? I am. I kept uh, four things. I wore a pair of shoes that I was trying to break in today, which was painful. But this lovely top mm-hmm. is great. Wonderful. I had a jacket that I wore today with the pending snow. It was yeah. lovely. That's really cool. So I'm I'm getting ready. We got the uh, my newest one's coming next week. And uh, I, I've got another another starter truck coming. So, like, I, I've been bad. I've gotten two already. So now I'm going to get a third one. But I'm okay. getting another starter truck. Starter trucks are the stylist helps you. They pick out 10 items. These could be anything from pants to shoes to overcoats to anything. It was really nice with the app because I did download the app. Perfect. When I got the preview, uh-huh. I could automatically toss things that were either too similar to what I had or that I didn't want. Yep. And you had the option of replacing those items that you had struck and yep. I chose not to. And so they sent other things to fill in the yep. full 10 items, which was nice. It didn't necessarily work out, but yep. it was kind of fun to see some things that I didn't expect. Yeah. And, and that's one thing I will say about Trunk Club is it, it is a lot of stuff. So yep. uh, there's some competitors out there. Sometimes there's one of them. It's not particularly quite as pricey, to be honest, but it's you only get four or five items. And this you're yep. getting 10 items. Yep. And if you like them, great, wonderful. You now help refresh your wardrobe. If you don't like them, well, put them in the FedEx envelope, send them back. Or back in the large box that they send it to yeah you, you can also put a you have a little FedEx label in the box it's- I will say that following our discussion last week I scheduled the pickup mm-hmm. that was really great yeah I've done that twice now and it's it's great because I've, I've had to send stuff back because not everything is the right size now what I mean by that is you can say like, I'm a 2x top I'm a big guy you know I'm between two and three it just depends on the thing there and so I'll get some and it's like whoa this 2x is too small or this one's way too big so that does happen. And when that happens, you can send it back. It's great. Yep. They don't charge you for it. They don't charge you for it until it's all said and done to get the returns. They're really great with it. And there's a great way to do some things. Um, this is something I really believe in. I really like it. I've recommended it. Uncle Rendo, Uncle Rico's getting one now. So I do um, hope he follows through on that. Yeah, I told him if he doesn't, I'll kill him. So oh, well, I, <laughs> he was, well, you know, and, and we'll let a little bit of sausage, sausage, sausage made. Uncle Rico's a big man who just lost a lot of weight. Our boy Uncle Rico, he looks looks great, by the way. He was fantastic. And but I was telling, we were talking about. It, he was like, "Man, my clothes are too baggy." And I was like, "Dude, just get on truck club. Get on truck club. Get you started truck. 
there you go. That's what he's doing. So, and uh, I bought a starter truck for my son. I've, I've done a couple of friends and family and people like that. Um, I haven't paid for all of them. I mean, I've got other people doing them, but I paid for my, <laughs> I paid for Peyton's and that kind of thing. But uh, no, I think it's a great way to refresh your wardrobe. So go to our show notes. There's a link in the show notes. Jump on that link. You can do it while you're listening to the rest of the podcast. Check it out. Download the app. Set it up for once a quarter. I mean, once a quarter is not bad. Every three months, you need a little something new for the next, you know, right now, Trunk Club still has the winter stuff. Spring stuff will be out soon. Sure. Up on spring and summer, fall be coming around. There's always a great time, especially if you live in a place like you live in Denver. I'm here in Kansas City. We get all four seasons. It's not like where I'm from in Louisiana where you only have two. You know, you have gumbo weather and non-gumbo weather. And, and, and frankly, um, in both of our venues, it's, it could be spring in the morning and winter in the afternoon. Yes. Yes. We've experienced that in Lawrence today alone. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, so if you're in one of those places where you need a wardrobe, you need to kind of extend some stuff. The best one I've seen so far is people who've been working from home and they got to go back to the office. You know. No, that has been really nice. Even the couple of pieces that I kept from this trunk, it was just, oh, okay. I have a couple of new tops. There you go. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's nice. Yeah. So again, like I said, go to our show notes. I wish we had the promo code. They don't have promo codes. Check out the link. Just follow the link. It'll tell you that, that Coach Bo sent you. You go in there, click it, boom. Give you $50, $50 off your first trunk. Check it out. Trunkclub.com. Check the referral code and you'll get you there from there. The referral link and we'll go from there. You can do that while you're still listening to us for this rest of this podcast. Do it. Do it now. All right. So, hey, um, you and I are both baseball nerds. Yep. Pitchers and catchers would have reported last week. We're getting into some serious shit time now. Yeah. So full some updates. Were, I think full teams were supposed to report today. Yes. So that we're getting into some, there are some negotiations going on between the Major League Baseball and the Players Association. So, okay. um, on Thursday, both sides will sit down. By the time you hear this, they will have sat down. We okay. are doing this before the sit down. Um, a couple of things have changed. It looks like Major League Baseball is willing to talk about the, uh, the luxury tax thresholds. They want to raise them. Uh, the Players Association is probably not down with the whole threshold deal. They want either a hard cap or a threshold with a floor. Uh, I do think they'll come to some agreement on that piece. I think it'll be a threshold like a tax, but with a floor. Okay. I don't think it's going to be a hard cap. Um, but I do think we'll have that. And then uh, we've seen that um, clubs have proposed um, draft pick compensation on a revenue sharing status, which I don't know exactly how that's what that means. It's all we know is based on a revenue sharing status. Um, if a club and whether a club has been over the threshold. So uh, clubs would lose players. I'm sorry, we gain draft picks as compensation for losing free agents. Now, I don't know if I like that idea because it could – a team that like the, like the Cubs did let everybody go. Yeah, I think getting I need draft a, picks for that. It, it encourages tanking. I need a better explanation of what too. the intent is around that. Yeah, if it's saying that whether they're over the threshold, if they're over the threshold and they do it, I think they, they should be compensated. If you're under the threshold and lose a free agent, you shouldn't be compensated. I would agree. That's the way I would do it. Yeah. If the Dodgers lose two guys because they're 20 million over, give them something for it. They spent the money. 
Yeah. But if the Royals lose two free agents because they're too fucking cheap to pay them, don't give them a, any compensation for that. Right. They're already getting compensated revenue share. Don't incentivize the yeah. team. Yeah, don't be cheap. Don't be the Mike Brown of baseball. And unfortunately, well, we got a lot of that shit going on. Well, and frankly, I think as a tie-in back to the Flores case, his tanking allegations are going to reverberate around every single major league. Yeah, I agree. I And right now, that's what I think baseball is trying to get out ahead of that now because it looked like there were more teams tanking in 2021 than yes. for a pennant. Yes. Now, Major League Baseball owners did agree to two rule changes. Okay. First one is an on-the-field rule. The universal DH. So these have to be adapt, adopted by the Players Association before they can be put in the game. But I think the universal DH is happening. And you know I hate this. We you had this, this and argument and months ago. Yeah. I think it's stupid. Pitchers should be allowed to hit. You don't need to be, you know, Shohei. Uh, Shohei Otani. Thank you. Totally blanked on his name. Could just see his card. Hit the ball, yeah. And Madison Bumgarner has been a good hitter too. I, but yeah, but I, I, I. So here's where I will meet you part of the way on. I'm good with the universal DH, but I would also then do away with the three batter rule for the bullpen guys. So the the, the bullpen the rule now is. If you pull a pitcher out of the bullpen, they have to pitch three players. Oh, that's right. They changed that within the last couple of seasons. Batters. Have to pitch three batters unless it ends the inning. Yes. So if you're not going to have the pitcher spot where you would have a pinch hitter. Okay. Because that's the problem is that to me, it would be like, okay, well, now we got the pinch hitter coming in and that fools with how we do the bullpen. Yes. So now, if, we're not, if we can do away with that rule, then I'm really good with the DH. I, okay, I can appreciate that tweak because I really hated, because this was the first full season, yeah, 21-22, that they had that rule, and I really thought it was kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't like the universal DH. Even with that, I, I'm happy to see pitchers do great and or fail miserably behind the plate. Yeah. Or at the plate, rather. I just like the idea of, I mean, baseball, we like high score. In all sports, we like high score. And I think that makes for a higher scoring game, more interesting game. I, I would totally agree with you on that. I just also like the strategy around pitchers. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. So, um, hang on, I'm going to do this here. So here's what I'll say about that. Um, Anybody that complains on the universal DH to be consistent. Here's what I'll say about this. The Super Bowl was as good a game as the Bills Chiefs game was. Yeah. People aren't going to say that because it wasn't as high score. Everyone likes the score. But in the end, both teams had a chance to win the game and the defense has played well. Yeah. And the best player on the field made the play that won the game. It's happened to be the best player on the field with a defensive lineman. So that's where it's like, okay, we have this like hypocrisy almost that well, we don't want you to, we want to stay true to some of these old school rules. But then we talk about how much we love scoring in other sports. 
Right, right. Oh. And no, I I am a I'm a large hater of the non-written rules of baseball because I agree with that. I agree a with lot that of them are dumb. Um, same in football, some of the things that they've imposed to make it the non-fun league. Mm-hmm. Uh it 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 carries through that, but the thing that I've I guess growing up a kid with a national league fandom in the Cubs from the jump. Yeah. And just seeing every single player get a chance at the plate for their position full stop was always just kind of cool to me because I was playing T-ball low pitch and stuff as a kid. And I knew that even if I was pitching, I would get a a shot to hit. And maybe for a lot of pitchers, it doesn't matter anymore because it's so drilled and they, you know, get into that mode so early and at a young age, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I kind of like the idea of just having an odd hero come out of nowhere. That's a pitcher that has a 1.3 ERA, you know, batting average. Yeah. And we'll see. I, I just, I like it. So the universal DH is the first thing they did. The second idea is now the owners have approved a lottery for the, for the draft picks. This is supposed to be the first thing against tanking. They'll take the non-playoff teams and put them in a lottery. This is interesting because I did not hear about this until you mentioned it today. Yeah, so a a lot, basically like an NBA-style lottery for the first round. And this is to try to to not compensate teams for the um, um, tanking piece, you know, to say. But I don't know if that's going to help because there are teams that, I mean, really the seventh or eighth pick in a draft in the Major League Baseball draft is just as good as the first or second pick overall. Sure. There's been just as many players that have been number ones who have been nothing and that have been stars. Well, because there's 16 rounds of the yeah. MLB draft, and plus you've got yeah. all the other nonsense that goes with it. Our favorite commercials came on up here. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm talking about this now. <laughs> All right, so we had all these stupid commercials. We had great commercials during Super Bowl, but what I'm talking about is I'm watching. We have I keep the TV on while we're recording, and Chief Donut Maker. This is Dodgers commercial with Bill Goldberg. What in the fuck is this commercial? So okay, so Monday night we were watching the Olympics. I don't watch much, but it was it was Valentine's Day. Me and the wife we had dinner at home. We went to Sonic, got some ice cream. We didn't, you know, we're not rookies. We're not going out to the big fancy dinner. You get suckered into some bullshit like that, especially on Monday. Right? So look, yeah, first off, there's your, there's your, for the day, there's your piece of married man advice. Don't get suckered into some bullshit. <laughs> so send your wife flowers to work and then do something nice for her at home. So we're watching, and this Bill Goldberg, the wrestler, everybody knows who Goldberg is, is doing a commercial. Most people, know. Most people know who Goldberg is. Well, he's, doing a commercial for Dodge where it's, they call it, the contest is Chief Donut Maker. And the verbiage of how he describes this has thrown me off. I have no clue what he's saying. If you haven't heard that part, that screwed me up as much as anything else. I don't know what this contest is. It's $150,000. I'm assuming you work for the company for a year or something. 
but you become the chief donut maker, meaning that you're going to spin the car around. And you know, it, this is the stupidest commercial I've seen. And it, it, it's on brand for Goldberg, because if you know me well enough, to know, I fucking hate Bill Goldberg. He's one of my three least favorite wrestlers of all time. So here's my thing, because I appreciate you notating making donuts. Yeah. Because given our age bracket, Mm-hmm. We all grew up with the Dunkin' Donuts, Donuts. guy. It's right. Time, Time to, to make the donuts. donuts. Yes. And that was my tie-in. That I was like, someone's driving a car to go make donuts? No, I did not. not think of someone, especially yeah. now that it's nice and snowy, yeah. going out in some parking lot and spinning donuts. Spinning donuts in their Dodge. Yeah, I, I don't know what the hell they're doing here. I, I, this has got to be one of the worst, worst explained contests I've ever heard. Oof. This is worse than the Coinbase commercial with the QR tag just whirling around the screen. Okay. The Super Bowl. Hold on, though. It's either really good or really bad, depending on who you are. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have my moment here because okay, I here. saw that. And um, Nicholas, my son, 12 years old, avid, 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 watcher of The Office. I came to The Office very, very late. Like three years ago, I watched The Office through for the first time. There is a cold open of the DVD thing bouncing in the screen while Michael Scott is having a meeting in the conference room and everyone is focused on the DVD thing, hitting the corner. Exactly. exactly. And to me, that was perfect. And I, I, I looked at Nicholas and I was like, this is the office, but what in the hell is going on here? And he scanned the QR code and was like, it's Coinbase. And I'm just like, how many crypto fucking commercials are we going to have here? Oh, we knew they were coming. We knew the, the funny, they were coming with the funny money. Happened. Yeah. So what we'd seen on the crypto commercials before Sunday was that they had to have the biggest names possible. Yes. I mean, you got Matt Damon is already doing commercials. You know, LeBron has a sponsorship with one of them now. Uh, he just a matter of time till he's in their commercials. And then we saw him with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, no, sorry, Matthew McConaughey was with, with um, Salesforce. I'm sorry. I was thinking when I saw Matthew McConaughey, this which crypto is this going to be? <laughs> um, well, because they're getting the biggest names because they can. Tom Brady is doing all this stuff for FTX, you know, or for crypto, whichever one it is. I see there, I'm all confused. I don't know which one's which. We saw no. the QR code going around the screen, and I was purposefully not going to scan that QR code. There was no chance I was taking my phone out, scanning that because that's going to be a gimmick. Someone's giving me some bullshit if I scan that code. My son reaches over, grabs it, and does it because we didn't know what the hell it was, and he goes, Oh, you get $15 of Coinbase. And I was like, oh, Coinbase. You mean when they charge you a goddamn fee for everything? Like, I'll just pass on 15 bucks. They're going to get back in fees from me. I'm not a fan of Coinbase. I I will say, I, I don't understand crypto. I don't understand NFTs. I don't understand how either of them are sustainable. And so the whole Larry David commercial, frankly, I was behind the Larry David commercial of him just. Yeah. I, I thought it was a really good representation of. Him. 
Yeah, it was that was another one of those crypto commercials. Yeah. I, yes, it was. Yeah. And that's I, I was just kind of like, yeah. I had to explain to the wife who Larry David really is. Like she knows who he is, but she's never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, this is on brand for Larry David. No, um, it's he, perfect. Yeah, I mean, this is exactly who he is. It's who he is in that show, too. Yep. Yeah, he uh it's just funny to me. I love that show. But you know what? I love that show, but he's my least favorite character on that show. He's supposed to be your least favorite character. Yeah, I mean, he's by far my least favorite. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Leon dude. Leon he is, my guy. He, he's been a revelation. Yeah. yeah. And he's I nice. have I have fallen off his J.B. Smooth's um, daily podcast yeah. of affirmations. But um, even with the Caesar stuff, high level. Halle Berry, the Mannings, whomever. Yeah. I'm here for his renaissance. Yeah, I'm, I'm all, and I'm all about, I mean, you know me, I'm a Manning guy too. So it's like, yes, well, yes. I thought their commercial Super Bowl was really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, yeah. Anytime I can have Archie on, I'm, I'm happy for Archie. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy for Cooper, frankly. You know, I like Cooper Manning, and I think he's funny when he does the pregame thing on Fox. He, he's like on that. Have you seen him on that? So the early morning show they have, I, it's like, I've seen snippets of it. it a, they call it the Cooper Manning hour minus 57 minutes. Yeah. He has like two or three minutes, like 57, 58 minutes. So he has like two minutes. Cooper Manning's the funniest of all three. See, and that's the thing is that I appreciate his recognition that he is the anointed one that was to be. Yeah. And then he could. Best athlete, yeah. The best athlete of all three of them. Right. The old man says that he's the best athlete, even better than him. Right. Because I mean, so, Peyton and Eli aren't even nearly the athlete that that is. And, you know, just him kind of embracing that fact yeah. and taking on the humorous part of it yeah. and really just falling into that and embracing it, I think is really pretty great. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. How much are you watching the NBA, right? Um, currently I have the Lakers, Utah jazz game on my TV. Okay. How bad are the Lakers right now? Uh, the Lakers are, I mean, they're next to the last. If I read the little thing earlier in the Western conference, yeah. Uh, I, so I, they are below the playoff line overall. Um, they are not good. No one has kind of figured out what the hell Westbrook is doing from what I understand, uh, you know, I follow a lot more with the nugget stuff in the Western conference being the local team and really enjoying that team. It looks like Jamal Murray has rejoined the, uh, injured list. So that is trending toward him coming back to the team prior to the playoffs, which could be exciting and also frankly could be a nightmare because I mean I've seen him in pregame stuff I've had the good fortune of going to a couple of Nuggets games and he's been out shooting and pregame stuff does he does he have game legs though I mean it's just like football players do they have game speed uh he hasn't played for a year and a half at this point nearly or a year Nuggets are currently sitting sixth in the Western Conference. You like the Lakers are ninth. 
Yeah, they're, they're yeah. two games out of a playoff spot. Yeah. And, and no team of LeBron James should be five, five games under 500. They're currently 26 and 31 as we're recording this. And this is yeah. pretty terrible. I mean, uh, currently they are losing. Granted, it's only the first quarter. Yeah. But seven in the last 10. It, it was interesting to see LeBron's tweet. What was it, Monday, that he was like, we. We should get a parade. Yeah. Yes. So it was the Dodgers, the Lakers, and the Rams having a joint parade. And I'm like, why would you get a parade right now? I don't I love LeBron, but fucking need a parade for. He hadn't won in two years. If they don't win this season, LeBron's got one more on the Lakers contract. If they go one for four on championships, how underwhelming is that? It's, Not just because it's LeBron, but just because the Lakers as well. Well, it's a combination of the two, right? Yeah. It's him going to a vaunted uh-huh. franchise and saying, I can be the next. Yeah. He thought he was going to carry on that lineage from, you know, Wilt to Kareem to Magic to Kobe to LeBron. Yes. And, and he wanted the Hollywood thing. And, and, and God bless him. I understand all that. I do. And I, and I don't blame him for that. As someone who grew up a diehard Laker hater, I was kind of glad to see the Lakers have not done well with LeBron. But I, I'm I'm of mixed joy about this because I like You're LeBron. A huge LeBron fan. I'm a huge LeBron fan. He's one of my favorite all time favorites. But I hate the Lakers. The Lakers are in that category with the Yankees and Notre Dame for me. So they're definitely there is a strata of teams that basically everyone can hate that there are those handful of teams that all get thrown in, whether it's the Yankees, the Red Sox, frankly, because yeah. you're- I'm a Red Sox fan, are, so that's fair. Um, the Lakers, Notre Dame, the Cowboys. Yep. The, 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 the top of Duke basketball. Duke, um, Carolina, uh, Kansas, to a certain extent for basketball, these kinds of things that people are just like, you hear that, I'm out. I have only been to one Lakers game and it was in Inglewood when they still had their old facility there, which is now the site of the new complex. Um, And it was just around the time that Magic Johnson was coming back into the league. Okay. After his HIV diagnosis. And they had essentially banned him because they didn't understand the science and everyone was scared and they were letting him back in. And that was so, but so maybe it was a couple years after that because he was involved in the first uh, Lakers Bulls matchup. Yeah, they lost, right? yeah they, that first one, they lost that. The Lakers lost. Right. Okay. So it was a few years after that. I correct myself, but it was really cool to be in that venue with Magic Johnson playing. Yeah. Given that everyone thought like a handful of years earlier that he would never play again. Yeah. Beyond that. People thought he was going to die. People thought he was going to die like imminently. Everyone assumed just because AIDS, HIV, non-understood. And then Kobe came through, Shaq came through. There was this renaissance of it. The Lakers, yeah. I'm very interested, frankly, to see this HBO 
Yeah, this, this, is be, this is gonna be a comedy, I think. I think they're gonna pull some comedy stuff on this. Especially because the franchise has pulled any support away from it, and they were just like, no, we're not gonna endorse yeah. any of this. Yeah, and it's Adam McKay. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, which means Adam McKay, it's gonna be fantastic. He has so many contacts within the league, but yeah, I can hate the Lakers. There's nothing joyful about them. I mean, hell, they sold the stadium rights to the, st- the Staples, Staples Center. Staples Center became iconic. <laughs> yeah, so the Staples Center became like the first like um, named arena, you know, where you sold the name right. They did sold the yeah. and where It became iconic because of that name. It wasn't because of the name, but it was the name had become iconic as part of it. Yeah. And you just don't see that. I mean, Madison Square Garden is still Madison Square Garden. Yeah. No, um, you know, it's just, it's not like that anywhere else. And they sold the name to the crypto center, crypto.com center. Crypto.com. Yeah. And it just leads back to all these bullshit, like, yeah, Super Bowl commercials about crypto, whatever. The crypto people, I mean, they're going hard. They're going to, they're going hard with the biggest names, the biggest. It makes me wonder how it's it, it's almost like the dot-com bubble. That's know? exactly it. And, and, and that's I don't why that, I don't know that crypto is gonna go to a bubble, but I do know that there is a I don't I don't know. I just don't know and I'm not that there, there, there's some funny money issues with that, I think. Yes. But I also think that there's just too much competition that we don't know what's on the up and up. But don't think that that isn't why Morgan San- Stanley slash E-Trade brought the E-Trade baby back. Oh, yeah. Because that was clowning the entire crypto thing. Yeah, yeah. And they don't do any of it. They don't have any of the platform. So. And so, I don't know. We well, got- As a financial <laughs> advisor, I'm not allowed by my broker dealer to do crypto on my clients. I- it's, that, it, it's because it's not regulated. And it, it's not oversighted. It, the, the Fed wants to get into a provide digital currency. You know, they will lock it down at some point. Yeah. I went on one date with one dude who was totally bought in to crypto. And I was just like, hmm. I've got questions. Yeah. Uh, I own some, but I, I get nervous about it. And when clients ask me about it, I simply say, I don't think it's suitable for most people right now because of how volatile it is. Fully agree You can see 20 and 30% gains and losses in a matter of days or even hours. That's just not suitable for most people. Especially based on someone like Elon Musk doing the whole Dogecoin thing or whatever. When he can just pump and dump a Dogecoin like the way he has. Yep. And the way that his, you know, he can go out and say to the tweet that says, we're now accepting Dogecoin and Doge triples in value because this one guy said this. I mean, yeah. mean anything. He doesn't, who has that much in crypto? Why are they going to buy a goddamn? If, if you have that much in Dogecoin and you haven't bought a Tesla already, then you're not really bought into Tesla. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of bullshit. It, it's, I, I don't think it's all a scam, but I do think a lot of it is manipulative. Yes, I would fully agree 
on that. Yeah, I think there's a couple of ways. Like, I, and again, I'm not here to make recommendations on what you should do with your own portfolio. Talking to the listeners here, I'm not telling you to go buy Bitcoin or to go we buy are Ethereum. Not, we I'm are not, not giving you advice on that. I'm making this yes. very clear because I am regulated by Finra. We are not either your financial advisor nor your legal advisor. You can you can you can ask me off the record. I'll be happy to talk to you more about it on the record. But what I'm saying here is. If I was if I was going to personally buy crypto, which I do own some, I will tell you my holdings are in two things and two things alone, Bitcoin and Ethereum. Because those are the standard. I, they're the standard bearers, exactly. They're the standard bearers and they're the ones that, yeah, they're going to see volatility just like everything else. And I'll never make millions and millions of dollars on it. But I'm also not going to lose my goddamn shirt on. And that's my fear when I see Shiba Inu or Doge. <laughs> hey, that's a real one. No, I know. So and one of my Doge friends. Coin and I mean, make up your own. We can make up our own goddamn coin right now. No, we can. So long as we can build out the blockchain behind yeah. it. And, and, but there's no, and, I don't, under, and I don't understand all the value. And that's why I do like the idea of Bitcoin and Ethereum. Those make sense to me. But I would not, I'm going to tell anybody, you do not buy that on my advice today as we record this on, on 2-16-2022. If you're using my advice to do this right now, I have not talked to you as a financial advisor because I do not know your background, your situation. And I'm not making that, that recommendation to you. No, no. But, but that's me articulating how I feel about crypto. It, it, I have a good friend of mine who dabbles in all the non- standard bearing yes. coins and spreads them around just because it's it's funny money yeah. and it so is. it's money that he can afford to lose because it's low value and it's just kind of like eh. and that's where i talk about the coinbase thing with yeah. the fees that's where they're catching people is they're catching people who are trying to do those and all of a sudden they do pop a number and they go oh i made this amount of money real quick I got to get out of this one and into something else. And he hit them with like a seven, eight, $9 fee. That shit adds up. Yeah. And if you're only making a hundred or $200 on the trade or God forbid you've lost money on a trade. Yep. I mean, those fees are adding up. That's where they're making this money. These yeah. places like crypto.com and Coinbase and, you know, PayPal has one now and everybody else has gotten, they're not making it because they hope crypto is just going to go through the roof. They're making it on the margins, charging you a bunch of fees for it. Well, it's just like banks. Exactly, right? exactly like banks. Yeah. Banks are not open because of the, you know, the willingness to just store your money. I, I passed a bank today here in Lawrence, Kansas. I shit you not. Their big lit up sign. I'm not going to say what bank it is. Uh-huh. Said 1% APY on a CD. In the small print at the bottom said minimum deposit $100,000. That's fucking ridiculous. So you know what the bank is doing in that case. So people who don't understand what the bank is doing, they're giving you a much better yield, 1%, which is much better than your checking account or your savings account. Which is maybe like 1.125. or 1.2, yeah. They're going to give you four or five times that rate but it's still 1%. They're going to take your $100,000. They're going to tell you that you can't use it for one year. If you do take it early, you're going to forfeit any or anything. Plus they're going to hit you with a fee. 
They're taking your hundred grand and they are loaning it to somebody else. And they're loaning it at 10, 11, 12%. Which is how banks and they got the spread. Banks are bookies. Is banks how, are bookies. Yeah. And, and then we're in a world now where the internet is a thing. And we got banks that are just on the internet. We got these cryptos just on the internet. We got DraftKings out here doing the gambling. And they're just on the internet. So we've got all these things that are just living in the margins. So all these are just living in the margins. And that's how companies are making money. People took the bank rules for the last 100 years and have applied it to crypto, to everything. The gambling world, bookies have been around forever. And it's been a great business. And now we got legal bookies. Yeah. All about the margin. It's all about the margin. You don't have to be right. You just got to be in the margin. And it's, it's going to be wild. I think within the next two years, because all of a sudden there's going to be the impact of fees, assessments, all that kind of stuff that all of a sudden federal regulators are going to start looking at this and calling the question. And so what bookies will remain in the true sense, Yeah, especially now that gambling is legal across the United States, everyone, just about every state, you can have access to something or it's pending and they're going to legislate it. So, hey, it's coming. Not not soon enough. (laughs) I know. I know. Go ahead. You finish your point. I'm sorry. No. So I think your point is super interesting around that, that it's just kind of like, okay, where's the next hit? And where's, you know, who's going to be the sucker where? Because that's what it comes down to, right? Yeah. I love our sidebar. We just got sidebarred into crypto. That was Yo, we got super sidebarred. Okay, so we're talking about the Lakers and we got into crypto. Um, <laughs> hey, I want to ask you about this James Harden, Ben Simmons trade. Yeah. You got any thoughts? Let's talk about what the trade was first off. So the Sixers send Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and the ghost that used to be Andre Drummond hmm. and two first-round picks to the Nets for James Harden and Paul Millsap. All right. So um, Uncle Paul, as he was called here in Denver, is washed up, making too much money, and has been for the last several years. Um, He's a good locker room guy, made a shit ton of money in Denver, perhaps not well earned on the court, but probably was in the locker room given the youth of the Nuggets. So that was good, but no one was sad to see Millsap cut. Um, Harden wanted out of Brooklyn. He didn't know how to play with other big name players where he wasn't the star. Simmons never figured out the NBA in Philadelphia. I don't know what impact Embiid had on that. I don't know what impact the coaching or the, or the ownership had on that because to our tanking conversation that we had earlier, many would say the 76ers 
just really crystallized the tanking deal with trust the process that happened in, you know, the early 2010s to the mid 2010s that, you know, the teens, whatever you call it. Simmons never had to really play if he didn't want to in his one year at LSU. Yes. Sorry to crash that. Oh, I'm about to. I'm about to go in on him too. Don't worry. So he never learned how to be a team player, and then he got thrust into the NBA, thinking that his pedigree and everything else, he was just going to be this all-out lights-out shooter who couldn't pass the ball, who couldn't really shoot the ball, and couldn't defend. So you've got a concept of a player that never coalesced. So will he find a home long-term with the 76ers? I doubt it. I don't think that he can handle um, JoJo's ego and presence, frankly. I think there is some sense around him that he needs to be the sole focus and primary person on all fronts of whatever team he's on. So I'm more interested on the next step to where Ben Simmons lands than this initial trade. Okay. So I'm looking at this twofold. I'm just taking the other people off the trade. I'm just saying mm-hmm. Simmons and Harden. Um, this is good for Harden. It puts him with Embiid. I think Embiid's the best player in the NBA right now. Joe I, I do. He's the, he is, he's an old school kind of guy. He's an old school getting the block. And once he's in the block, he just can't stop. I mean, he's mm-hmm. got a little bit of shack to him in that way. Uh, he's also got a good little mid range pop. He can do some yep. So, I mean, and he can step out and shoot three once or twice again, if he wants. Absolutely. Which I like that he can, but I like that he doesn't want to all the time. I like no. that he wants to go to the basket. He is developed. I think that's, yeah. He's fully I mean, taking the time to do the mid and long range development. I think Anthony Davis could could really uh, benefit from watching about every yep. game that that, that Joel Embiid plays. Yep. Um, I'm going to start with I think that the winner of this is definitely Joel Embiid. Uh, he gets Harden, who I think will get him the ball. They'll play a lot of pick and roll. This is going to really help Embiid. The Sixers are going to really be a team that's going to. Ben Simmons was not going to play this season. He no. made it clear he was not going to play. They had to get something for him. And they're going to get basically this season with James Hart. I don't see him signing a long-term contract, but at this point, you're paying to get rid of Ben Simmons. Yes. And I'm going to go hard in the paint on Simmons here in a minute. So we're going to get there. He's trash. Um, and and so I think Harden, I think they're not getting James Harden from three seasons ago. They're not getting the James Harden, who, who, who's an MVP and played an MVP caliber for three or four yeah. years in Houston. Agreed. But they are getting the guy who will facilitate the big man. And that's what's the difference maker. Now, Harden has to shoot a little bit better from the three-point line. If he's better than, than one-third, if he's better than 33%, if he's a 40% shooter, they really got some. But they didn't give up much to do this, to get rid of Simmons, who isn't playing, Seth Curry, who is just Seth Curry, the ghost of Andrew Dr- Andre Drummond, who was basically a backup to Embiid, 
two first round picks, which you figure are low picks. They're not going to be lottery picks. If you're the Sixers, you're not picking the lottery next two years. No, I mean, so again. you can give away the first round picks because you're building around Embiid at this point. And at this point, if you're one of those top teams and you're like a guy like Embiid who wants to get in with someone, maybe they can extend hard. And I don't know if that'll happen, but he'll find someone to put with him. I mean, someone will want to play with him. The thing about it is with the 76ers, they have been building around Embiid for the last five, six years. Well, they built it, and they thought that Simmons was the best piece. That's the thing. So here I here I go on Simmons. All right, first off, this guy's Australian. We know that he's an LSU guy. I'm supposed to like Ben Simmons. You are. Because he went to LSU. Yep. I fucking hate Ben Simmons. <laughs> he is my least favorite LSU player of all time. Because when he went to LSU – he was a baby about it. He went there because his dad was friends with one of the assistant coaches. And his godfather was, was a coach there. Got, yeah, his father was a coach, assistant coach at LSU. That's why he went to LSU. No one else, he wouldn't even be recruited by anybody else. Went there because yep. of his uncle, his uncle, which was his godfather. So I'm sitting there at LSU guy going, Oh, this is awesome. We got Ben Simmons. This guy's supposed to be great. And the one year he's at LSU, he didn't even make the goddamn tournament. Well, how? He's the best player in the country. And they don't no. the goddamn tournament. He's the supposed best yeah. player in the country. He was a diva. He was a diva at LSU. And he was there. How, he many was the games class. He, how many games did he actually play at LSU? He didn't play in many. He sat out a few because he was hurt. Yeah. Um, and, and he was never the big name on, on campus. And I think that always bothers me. Because when he was there, Leonard Fournette was playing football. Alex Bregman was playing baseball. And while Ben Simmons is maybe the best player in college basketball, he was never the guy on campus. No, because everyone anticipated that he was yeah. the one and done. Everyone knew he was one and done. And it was, and they didn't build anything around. Him. And and I don't like that. Then he goes to the Sixers. Now I thought, okay, he's gonna go to the Sixers, him and Embiid. This makes a lot of sense. Because what I saw was when he did play, I saw some of these skills and I thought, all right, this guy can pass the ball. This guy's a big guy. He's a matchup nightmare for a point guard. But this motherfucker refuses to shoot a basketball. Because he can't. And he just refuses to even try. And he thinks, Ben Simmons thinks he's Magic Johnson. Yes. He thinks he's Magic Johnson. And he has some skills that if he were a hard worker, he might develop into that type of player. So now, this is where I would like to ring the bell, the ding, ding, ding around hard worker, because yeah. he's proven that he doesn't yeah. give a shit. He doesn't give a shit, yeah. This is a guy who is a big guy for a point guard, can pass the ball, is not afraid to mix it up and rebound once in a while. However, he refuses to shoot the ball. In the NBA, your point guard has to be able to shoot the basketball. This isn't 1988. And, has and, to shoot the ball and has to give some effort of defense. Yeah. yeah. It, it, to me, he's just so over. And this was, this was probably the point where they just said, hey, this is a salary dump. We're going to get him out of here. We're not going to deal with his bullshit anymore. I think Daryl Morey, the GM of the Sixers, was also trying to, you know, get – he had some love with him and Harden in Houston. Maybe he – I think he might be thinking he's getting Houston Harden, but he's not. He's smart enough to know that he's not. Yeah, but he didn't give up. I mean, 
it comes down to Ben Simmons was never going to play for the Sixers. No. And they had no other way of doing this. Did you see the meme that Joel Embiid uh, posted on Twitter? But I haven't seen it. So what? So it, it was a very dapper, younger black guy, probably, I don't know, 10 to 14, probably in church clothes, just kind of proudly presenting his suited self in the fact that he was just like, I'm dope. I look good. And Jojo came back after questions about this because he he posted it without context. Yeah. And he was just like, you know what? I found this picture. I really liked it. That's why I posted it. Even though it was on the heels of the announcement of the trade. And everyone was just kind of like, okay, who's stunning here? Yeah. So here's the question then. I mean, obviously the Sixers improved their team. Hmm? The Nets. So I don't know. Um, the Nets game was on before this one. I only had a half eye on it. Uh, I Brooklyn, I believe, lost the game. I could be wrong. Uh, Seth Curry was playing. Uh, KD was on the bench. The Nets beat the Knicks, 111-106. Okay. Um, Spike was at the game courtside. So that makes sense. Um, so I don't know what the box score shows. I know that they are not, the Nets are not currently full strength. Yeah. And they're eighth and they're, they're sitting in the eighth position right now. So they're in the playoffs. They would be the eighth seed. They are the last slot. They are I, three games ahead of the Hornets, three and a half ahead of the Hawks. And I do not know why KD is out. I haven't been paying close attention recently. So probably because he's just too thin and needs to put on, needs to eat a fucking hamburger. Um, I do not like him. Most overrated player in the history of the NBA. Uh, so currently watching the Lakers game against Utah, Anthony Davis once again goes down with what, according to his reaction, looks to be like a catastrophic ankle injury. Which means he just kind of sprained it. They're not even sprained it. He just tweaked it for half a second. He'll be out for a week and a half. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, his reaction really is significant. I will be curious to see a replay, but assuming Anthony Davis is not uh, active over the next few weeks, even with the All-Star break coming up, that just sinks the Lakers' hopes even further. Yeah, I, I back to the Nets for a minute on that. Yeah. So the trade, I if they get a motivated Ben Simmons, they're they're they'll be pretty good. But will um, he? So here's the question: Will he shoot? No, no, he won't. But can he facilitate the ball back to Durant? See, that's the thing they looked at. They looked at that, and, and the Nets said. We don't need another score. They shift the score out to bring Simmons in because they've got Durant and they've got Kyrie on road games, which is just a whole total piece of horse shit. I will not go into all that right now. 
Yeah, but my understanding too was that and that's some of Harden's problem. Kyrie you know? and Harden did not get along. No, well, I mean James Harden is a hardworking guy. Yeah, he is oh, not. He, okay, newsflash: they are it. bringing out a stretcher for Anthony, Anthony Davis. Okay, he is up, but not putting any weight on his right leg. And okay, so they are just gonna walk him back to the locker room. The stretcher is just gonna go off. In this game, the ESPN. Correct. Oh, oh, oh! Let me see what I got here. I'm sorry. I really just so he landed. He was going up for a rebound, landed completely, landed perpendicular on his ankle. Uh huh. So his foot fully rolled, um, whether that results in a severe sprain or break, I don't know. LeBron but looks like LeBron is LeBron's the look on his face right now is like, son of a bitch. I yeah. got to carry more of these fucking, this fucking team. Yeah. At 35, 36. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. Oh, anyways. Sorry, so, not gonna see, so I'm not going to make any more fun of, of Anthony Davis's injury. I know he's already soft enough, but if he's really hurt, I am sorry for that. And if he's not really hurt, and it is just Anthony Davis being Anthony Davis, then I'm not sorry. Um, I got about to hedge my bet on that. So, yeah, no, look, I never, I never want to see a player get hurt. No, that ankle roll looked very bad, unpleasant. Yeah. But what I was saying about the Simmons thing is like, if he's going to be just Ben Simmons out there just passing the ball around and not shooting, it might actually work with the Nets because if they do get, I mean, if Kyrie's going to actually play in the playoffs and they can get him in more than just road games, uh, I think it could be a decent fit. And it does move Harden out of there. So you have the Kyrie and Harden thing over with now. Uh, two things about it. One, I mean, yeah, James Harden's never been a guy that took the best care of his body. Yep. But there's never been an, I've never been anybody that played with him that thought he didn't work hard. All right, so I have two separate questions that lead into this. One, is Simmons going to be satisfied just passing the ball? Well, he doesn't care about shooting the ball. But he cares being about not being the focus. Well, I think if you know you're going to play with Kevin Durant, you can't be the focus of the team. Even Steph Curry couldn't be. Okay, so that's fair. Second point, is Kyrie going to be able to play in the playoffs. Well, we know he'll play in the home game or in the road games, but we don't know. As of right now, he can't play in the home games. Correct. Now, here's where I think the Harden thing, you talk about the Harden and Kyrie thing. Yep. You know, here Harden's like, hey, I'm doing everything I can to be part of this team. And here this dude just won't get the jab. Yep. And it's what like- does that speak to your teammates on? So, I mean, it, it's – the Nets have become the place where they're saying, "Hey, we've got a lot of money. We've got we're, we're, we're you know we're sort of popular where they are. I mean, they're in Brooklyn. They're not as popular as the neck as the Knicks are in New York. I mean, right? But they've got Jay Z backing but them. They've got yeah, and they've got and, they, and they're they're trying to be that cool team, but they just they just aren't that team right now. Um, but what they are is they got some want to as an organization. Their want to is to want to win." And they went and got Kevin Durant. They went and got Kyrie Irving. Then they went and got James Harden with them, which was, again, you're putting all these big three combos everywhere. That's pretty, pretty impressive. 
Right. The Harden Kyrie thing doesn't work out because if you ever noticed that everywhere Kyrie goes is a problem. Yes. So that is my question is that does the influx of Ben Simmons help? Or is it exasperated? Yeah. Yeah. Exasperate, exaggerate, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So as you said, when we were talking earlier, it's trading problems for problems and whose problem is now worse. Yeah. Well, I think that the, I think they both got rid of big problems. Now, I don't think Harden is a problem per se, but the Harden Kyrie thing was going to blow up. And they, and the Nets decided that Kyrie was more important. I'm not saying I agree with them. I think in the long term, it probably is better because Harden's not going to be around as long as Kyrie is at this point. Kyrie's just younger. But yeah. then you bring in Ben Simmons and you go, okay, well, what are we going to do here? So I don't know if this is a one year move, a two year move, or what this is. I'd like to see what's going to happen with Ben Simmons in the next couple of years. What team will be willing to take a chance on him? I think teams are going to be really, unless the Nets, unless that becomes a really good fit with the Nets in Brooklyn, I think that it's going to be very hard for Ben Simmons to find a place that's going to want him. I fully agree on that because everyone is going to see him as a spoiled brat. And I think even more so than with the Kyrie things, I think people think Kyrie's more talented. Yeah. You'll put up with talent if you think that talent's worth putting up with. But yeah, given you're not willing to shoot, you're not willing to defend, you'll pass and then sit out half the season on some. Who's the winner of the trade? I think it has to be. I mean, doesn't it have to be the 76ers? Well, I think it's a little more detailed than that. I think the winner of the trade is the strippers in Philadelphia. Because <laughs> James Harden will keep you single moms going through. If you're working hard at the club, you're a single mom working through there. It's I, all moms, not just single all moms. Not a single mom. It would be anybody. You don't have to be a mom. You can just be just working hard as a stripper at whatever club you're at. Well, the folks in the club. Welcome, welcome to the city, James Harden. The money's about to get thick at the Philadelphia strip clubs. Good for them. So that's who the winner of this trade is. I think that's an excellent take. Yeah. So the Philadelphia strip clubs, the winner of the NBA trade of Ben Simmons and James Harden. Um, that was the last thing I kind of had for us today. We talked about a lot. Anything you want to shout out or uh, anything you got to want to add about stuff? No, I think I'm good. I will note that I uh, texted Ricardo mid podcast and I said I was excited for him coming back. So I'm excited to see how you bring him in on yeah. Mondays or Fridays and kind of yeah. uh, get his. We're going to mix him. We're going to mix in a couple people. We're going to have Uncle Rico. Tom Bridges is going to come in. Uh, I'm trying to get Hayden set up for next week to talk okay. wrestling because we've got a bunch of wrestling stuff happening. Which one that I shitty think, Goldberg commercial? And you know, I, I feel the one is one wrestling rant on the Goldberg thing. So, um, Bill Goldberg just came back to WWE because he's going to have a match with Roman Reigns at their next pay per view, which is going to be in Saudi Arabia, by the way. They and which was what was the payday on that? Um, it's like a million bucks for Goldberg. I don't okay. know, they don't say exactly how much, but it's a lot of money. 
And the, the, the pay for the show is $50 million a show. It's okay. believed to be. A, WWE receives $50 million a year. 50, I'm sorry, $50 million a show. They do two shows a year, though. They had a, like a 10-year contract on the deal. So whoever it is, the prince or whomever who brings these in, he tells the WWE basically what he wants. They make it happen. He wanted Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. Now, look, if you're not a wrestling fan, what I'll tell you is if you're our age, you know who Goldberg is. Most everybody does. Yes. He was big in the old WCW days and then came to the WWE for a little bit. Now he's back occasionally. Big and Monday he gets in the ring, Every time he gets in the ring, he's such a, he's such a bad wrestler that he gets somebody hurt. He about killed The Undertaker a year and a half, two years ago. I mean, literally, he about killed The Undertaker in a, in a slip-up. He has already messed up Roman Reigns. He's already messed up Brock Lesnar. And it's not, these aren't real matches. And that really hurting each other. But he is actually hurting these guys because he's not good at wrestling. Gotcha. He's not good at the showpiece of this. Yep. Like he literally picked the Undertaker up and did a move to him and about killed the Undertaker. Not good. Yeah. Like the Undertaker like got up and started beating shit out of him. Maybe it was just ridiculous. So now they're going to have him wrestle a match with Roman Reigns. Now, if you don't know who Roman Reigns is, he's the most popular wrestler in WWE. He's probably the best thing they got going right now. And everything in WWE builds to WrestleMania, which is coming up in early April. This is the last big event before this. Okay. WWE is putting this match together for these two to have a match in Saudi Arabia, which will be on the Peacock Network. Okay. And practically no one will watch live. It's going to be like six, it's going to be like seven o'clock in the morning when it comes on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no one's watching that shit on a Friday morning. You'll watch the shit when you come home. And even then, you got to fast forward through most of it. Okay. But here's my problem I'm a stockholder, I okay. own quite a bit of WWE stock. I own it because I know it's going to go way up in price when Comcast or Disney or whoever does buys it. So there's your stock tip of the day. However, I have a real problem with putting the golden goose, the one drawing card, the one guy who actually draws people, love him or hate him, and Roman Reigns, in a ring where he's going to get hurt. So close to WrestleMania. And if Goldberg hurts Roman Reigns, he can't wrestle at WrestleMania. Uh-huh. You'll have ruined WrestleMania, your biggest show of the year. And I have a real problem with this. I have a problem that's not as a wrestling fan, but as a stockholder. Why are we doing this? Why do I have to see a 55-year-old man out to wrestling? He's 55 years old. He's 55 years old. He couldn't wrestle when he was 25. Why you the fuck know. am I having to watch this guy? So you I'm know a- why? Because the same reason. The same reason that we had the Super Bowl halftime show that we did. A nostalgia piece. But here's the thing. is I get it's a nostalgia piece, but this guy's hurting people. Unintentionally, but he's so unskilled at this that he hurts people. And it, what it really is, is that, that, that that organization, WWE, has done such a poor job in building stars in the last 10 years. Yeah. There is a rumor going around that they are trying to pay Steve Austin upwards of $5 million to do a match at WrestleMania. He hasn't wrestled in 19 years. He's got his own beer, though. Oh, it's, it's not bad either. He's got a new one coming out. But I'm telling you, it, it's, that's part of why they're having, in the wrestling world right now, they're having this big issue with all the stars are going to AEW. 
because they're actually building people while WWE can't build anybody. And yet you noted at the go that somebody... Yeah, now AEW is losing Cody Rhodes. He and his wife decided to leave AEW. I don't know. I don't know if this is one big work or if it's real. I mean, I can see this being something where they just come up with an idea and say, hey, let's say that we're going to be leaving for a while and then come back in three or six months. We'll see. Supposedly, Cody Rhodes is talking to WWE, but I don't see WWE spending a bunch of money on anybody unless they get somebody else to pay for it. They're trying to sell that company. They're cutting people left and right. Why would they go pay Cody? Right. And they're also trying to figure out succession planning as well, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Well, their succession plan is they're going to sell the company. They're selling the company to either Comcast or now Disney has, a, I guess, a, a, a want to of this. Disney just bought distribution rights to WWE content in Indonesia, which is a huge market. I mean, there's a, you know, half a billion people there. Um. So there'll be a little bit of a bidding kind. WWE is trying to get those companies to outbid each other between Disney and Comcast. Sure. Uh, one of those two will win. We'll buy and pay enough money for all the stock and buy the company. Um, it is funny that Vince McMahon fired his son. Sean got fired? Not Sean. No, no. Shane McMahon. His son got fired. Shane. Sorry. Shane McMahon got fired. I did not know that. That just happened after the Royal Rumble. I guess everyone was mad at him at the Royal Rumble because he booked himself. He booked the Royal Rumble match mm-hmm. and booked himself really strong. And they were going to have a thing where he was going to have a match with somebody at WrestleMania. And I guess it just didn't, the whole thing didn't sit well with people. And so they've opted to quietly let him go. So are Stephanie and Triple H just kind of quietly yeah. sitting on the side? So Stephanie McMahon still has like her branding job. Mm-hmm. And Triple H, all those power he had is gone. They they basically took his job away from him. Oh, and Triple H had a heart attack. Right. Yeah. So in the middle of all this, when Triple H ran NXT, which was their like training ground, it was their it was their Wednesday night show. They ended up getting moved to Tuesday because they got beaten the ratings by AEW. Uh, they tried to say it was because of something else, but that was bullshit. Triple H had a heart attack. And in the middle of him recovering from all this, they didn't say it was a heart attack. They said he had a heart episode. You know how they do it. He had some kind of a heart-related condition and he's not able to do his job. They've now taken all of his power away from him. All the guys that he had to help run this promotion, they've all been yeah. yeah. They let oh, them all go. Shit. Yeah. And they changed NXT, whereas now it's NXT 2.0. It looks like something, it looks like bad wrestling from the early 90s. It looks like um, it looks like the Ultimate Warrior era wrestling. Oh wow! Who Ultimate Warriors on that that level with me, with him and Goldberg, are the two guys that in wrestling could absolutely go fuck themselves. Like those are my two least favorite wrestlers of all time. Okay. Yeah, I'm interesting. Oh god, both just horrible wrestlers. Don't believe me, it's any real wrestling. Fan. They're both no, fun. no, this is just yeah. I yeah. got looped into wrestling because of my ex husband, yeah, and had a phase where I watched it regularly and haven't watched it for yeah. seven, eight years. And I haven't been watching it much, but I, I find the off the TV stuff more interesting, the behind the scenes stuff's more interesting than in front of the scenes. And now, as a stockholder, I'm just pissed off. Sure, I'm just pissed because if they, if Roman Reigns gets hurt in this match. It's going to cost stockholders. Why even try? 
I mean, I really want to call Vince McMahon and say, hey, what are you doing? Don't put him in there with him. You're going to get someone hurt. Goldberg's awful. I would not let Goldberg come on this podcast. He's not going to hurt either one of us. Well, he can't hurt me because I'm not going to get in the ring with him. And the chances are of him actually touching Roman yeah. Reigns. Yeah. And then the other thing is that Ann Goldberg's got a shitty fucking commercial out here now. Which, again, <laughs> Which we've already talked in length about. We do not understand. So I don't understand it, it. And it didn't make sense. It makes sense because I never understood anything Goldberg said. So I is mean, it, it just a Dodge crossover hype thing? Who knows? I, I don't know. But yeah. So as a stockholder, I would like to say, come on, Vince, get your shit together. Figure this shit out. Sell this company. Let me make some money on this deal. Let me get out. He fucked sell himself. The, sell the Disney stock. It's a Disney stock out of this. Damn. No, you don't want Disney stock. I don't know. I loathe. No. We're going to win uh, streaming wars. No. I, I'm, I'm, Netflix not, are win wars. I'm, I'm not the financial planner, but uh, WWE fucked themselves not selling when Linda was in the government. Yeah, they should have been doing this 10 years. 10 years ago, they should have been. Yeah, working on making these deals and getting it done. They did hire someone who's the new president of WWE just for this reason. Yeah, they hired Nick Khan. It was just to make these deals. So we'll see what happens. But that was my last rant on that. I just I don't like the Goldberg situation, and I don't want to. Yeah, we're going to talk more. But I'll have Hayden on. He and I will talk about it. We're going to agree on Goldberg, and then we're going to talk AEW, and we're going to disagree on behalf of that. So. Yeah, we'll have him on probably next week. I've got a message out to Hayden already. So but I wanted to get through this week and see, what's, see what happens first. Well, I really hope that you cut out half of this podcast due to our random uh, rants. Oh, no, this, that's the funnest part. So. And uh, it's still, it's always good to talk to you. Yeah, thank you for coming on again. I enjoy it. We're going to get out of here. Uh, you, you have no last thoughts. I've already done my last rant and... Uh, so I, I'm just a little depressed because there's now football season is over. Um, and here I am basking in the glory of my favorite period of the year. Yeah, I, I get it. I people who are basketball people, I get it. And especially if you're a college basketball fan. Well, really and that's that's the yeah. thing. It's college basketball. I always make the comment that my birthday falls um, generally in conference playoff weekend and or uh, Selection Sunday and or the start of March Madness. And so I am hitting my glory time. My, my birthday will fall on a podcast day. And so we will have to celebrate it accordingly. We can do that. We can do that. Sean McVay was already recruiting Aaron Donald to not retire. Of course. At the at the live at the uh, parade, I'm looking at this now. Yeah. Well, Donald uh, appeared pimped out and just flexing at the Lakers game tonight. So hey, they're they're showing from the when he got to the stage at the the parade. Aaron Donald took his shirt off. If you've never seen Aaron Donald without a shirt on, um, he does not look like a lion. And evidently, Stafford gave a wonderful speech 
at the parade today yeah. as well. I haven't watched it. Well, he's had about 15 years or 13 years to uh, practice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he could be in the shower every morning talking about it. So eight. Absolutely. So, I guess one last question. Does this put Matt Stafford in the Hall of Fame? I think it has to. I think it's one of those things that people are going to be like, yeah, but, and all you can say is look at the stats from Detroit. Mm-hmm. Sorry if you don't like the outcome. Yeah. The stats kind of tell the story. Yeah. I think he's going to get in. I, I do. I think he's going to get in because of this. And I think they'll have a shot. They'll have a shot at running the back next year. Yeah. They'll have a shot. If they were in the AFC, they'd have less, less of a shot. Yeah, um, weaker right now. Yeah. Also noted, Anthony Davis is not returning to Lakers game tonight. Yeah, I see that now. The screen. Yeah. No. All right. Well, let's hope that Anthony Davis is okay, so I don't feel like an asshole later. Nope. And, uh, and, and if not, let's hope LeBron can just absolutely carry that team on his back. Not gonna happen. You know, I I like LeBron. I hate the Lakers. Man, it's just it hurts me to see him in that. Oh God, it's a bad shot. Sorry, I got to quit doing that. Can't do play by play on here. All right, we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much, uh, Ellen. I appreciate everything. You're always awesome. Thank you for always for being on. Uh, thanks, Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox. Thanks for all you do behind the scenes. Hey, Tyler, when you get this, um, get it done. And I'm sorry if I get it to you late because that's just how it is sometimes. And I know you're busy in Florida, but uh, keep it moving. Uh, most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. We appreciate everything. We appreciate every review, every rating, every listen. We appreciate all of them. I know I've been harping on rating and reviewing us, uh, but do that. Give us two seconds. Go in there and uh, rate, review us. Give us five stars. And then um, check out Truck Club. Check out the link in the show notes. You can do that for us, man. Save yourself $50. And then if you got questions about some of the financial stuff, OAGKS.com. Get the comment, the uh, contact us, and you can be right there to me. Mention the podcast, and I'll give you a shout. So until next time, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor, Token Girl, Ellen Wigginton, and uh, have a great week. Remember that your time tokens are not a fun. Take care, everyone.